This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels and you can't tell but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us. So thanks for listening. listening to the busted wide open podcast dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts nick howell and sir ian dangerous coming to you from the orbital jigsaw network arena in sunny southern california welcome back to the busted wide open podcast but if this is your first time joining the show i'd like to welcome you to episode 104 50. Wait, what? This is 150 today? Episodes. Oh, I wasn't ready. My name is Nick Howell. And still reeking of IPA from the final segment of Raw this week, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And welcome welcome to 150. (laughs) 150. We made it. Oh, my God. Well, um, what an appropriate week to be talking about the raw reunion show which happened this week nick we had all of the the superstars from from years past well not all the superstars, from days of y'all a, a good chunk of them a good chunk of the superstars from days past showed up on raw this week and then smackdown happened but uh plus the g1's going on in new japan and uh, nxt's building for toronto and we, it, was, it was a fun week of wrestling man but uh yeah, dude, you know, we do have a lot to talk about, Nick, so let's let's do our housekeeping, and then we can get right into the meat of the show. Yes, well, guys, as we head into the fall here, you are going to want to be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group if you are not there already. For those of you that are, thank you very much for joining us. We are going to have a lot of things happening as AEW comes up, the new pay-per-view season, uh, SmackDown transitions, lots of changes, all good coming to the Busted Wide Open podcast, so make sure... You're on top of things by being in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Right here on YouTube where we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Pacific. Sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and that little notification bell so you're alerted every time we put up a new event. And last but certainly not least, if you'd like to get in on this, uh, some good stuff, sweet swag, all kinds of extras, you can head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome monthly reward tiers, or you could simply just tune into the live stream, throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar, whatever you see fit. But our Patreon is Patreon.com slash BWO. Ian... There's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. There really is. And I, I do want to throw a, quick, throw a quick thank you to everyone right now in our, in our YouTube chat. They're awesome. And thank you for showing up to the live show, guys. Uh, everyone else, please go to YouTube and click that little, that little thing, that little bell icon. 
We're going to be starting a, a, a subscriber push to our YouTube channel because big things are in the works. And if we can get up uh, pretty high in YouTube, we can get a lot more subscribers in YouTube, then really wonderful things can happen for this show. So we'll, we'll be giving more details on that in the next week or two, Nick. Yes. Uh, but I just want to throw that out right now. Thank Little you, everyone. Little teaser, Sir Ian Dangerous put his foot in his uh, mouth. I did? <laughs> you did. Oh, Okay, well, moving on then, before I, I, I swallow any more leg, uh, Nick, we have much to discuss, so let's go right over and talk about the big news. Dark, dark days continue. <laughs> Are the WWE really uh, released their quarterly earnings report, uh, I believe it was today, and they had their, their investors call. Uh, yeah, we, we got to talk some numbers. We got to talk some accounting All right. for a few we gotta minutes, make this but we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, let's not make it too dry because it's pretty dry. Nick, and you're going to have to kind of lead us through this a little bit more than than me because, you know, when it comes to business, I don't know crap. I just write the show. <laughs> the business. Um, the business. But I will say this, man. How bad could it be? Vince McMahon just said it is what it is. It is what it is, so it must be fine, right? Yeah. That's why they, why he, Vince, or he, uh, Trips, and Steph cashed out a ton of their stock, right? Oh, my goodness. Did they now? They hmm. did. Well, from what from the notes that we have from this quarterly earnings call, we know that the WWE revenue is down 5% from the same time last year, from $281.6 million to $268.9 million. So down, down a little under $20 mil there. Uh, the network subscriptions are down 6%. But there has been a 17% increase in digital video views and a 20% uptick in consumed hours, uh, plus a 10% increase in social media followers. But they did have a downtick in merch. It's down 13, 13%. Apparently, uh, international sales really hurt that. And uh, speaking of attendance, uh, the North American attendance is down only 2%, considering some of the really like crazy small audiences we've seen for house shows. That's that's, it was only 2%. That's saying something. Uh, but then international attendance is down 14% uh, year over year. So, Nick, would you want to break that down for us? Like, what are you seeing there? Is that, is that good stuff? Is that, does that mean they're, they're pushing the social media presence, but the, the money's not there? Is this, is this bad? Is this expected? Like, you're, you're more on top of this as a stockholder yourself, yeah. you animal. This, this, is, uh, what, this is hard to, uh, to swallow as a stockholder because you hear a lot of excuses for things. Um, and I'm going to do air quotes and say reasons why certain things are happening. But look, when you make less money, when you're not growing a business, yeah. it's, it's, it's not good. That's, that might as well be decline or failure. If, you're, if you show no growth, you're doing something wrong. I don't care if you, how does flat, that, if you plateau or flatline. How does that work when WWE is so big and like they're expected to keep getting bigger every year? Yeah. Like They're spe- expected to keep growing the network and everything else? You hear 5% and you're like, eh, it's 5%. But when you're talking hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in direct gross and net revenues across the board, it's, that's a big deal. You know, that any number that's down... It's it, forget the number, forget what the actual millions of dollars are. It's down. And so how this how matters? Is it how much is how, like how long has WWE been on a downward trend? As someone who follows the quarterly earnings reports, uh, I believe they've been down since this time last year, uh, right before Mania of eighteen, two thousand eighteen. Huh. So there's been a steady decline in the number of subscriptions to the network and the overall viewership and revenue numbers. It's 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 not been drastic. It's not been anything crazy, ramping or anything, but it's it's been a steady decline. 
Now, what, so what, I, you're what saying I see here is, is they're trying to flip this around and make up for it by saying, yeah, but look at our digital video views. That's not necessarily the network. That is a big ambig- ambiguous buzzword to say digital video views that includes all of the digital videos on social media. That is not just the network. So right. using that to say, hey, but we had a 17% increase and we grew our social media following by 10%. Yeah, but that's not your business. Right. <laughs> to see now, that you're what, down 13% in merch and 5% in overall revenue is like, okay. So, so another thing I'm seeing here is that they're saying it's going to be okay stockholders at the end of the year because we're making all of this money from what they're saying, their uh, operating income before depreciation and amortization. I have no idea what I just said. Yeah. They're calling it the Obita. It's depreciation uh, <laughs> of assets, basically. Gazoontite. Uh, that, that is going to be, <laughs> that's going to work out to be okay because they've got uh, extra revenue coming in from these large scale international events, mm-hmm. uh, meaning Saudi Arabian money and the Saudi General Sports Authority. Uh, and a media rights deal in the Middle East. So they're saying that money's going to offset how much they're losing elsewhere. Yeah. Is that, is that comforting to you? Because that to me sounds like, I mean, that could go away like that. I'd be terrified. But, Apparently, yeah. well, we talked about, we reported this last year when it first happened. They signed a 10 year, something like $45 million per event deal, some, something stupid. I just can't remember yeah. the numbers specifically. Ulaima. That runs out at some point. Uh, plus, you've got the Fox money coming into the thing, and I'd be curious to see if there's any kind of pullout clause that Fox has based on performance or anything like that. That's what I'm scared of, to be honest. And, with you. and I mean, really, speaking of pullout clauses involving performance, pause. Oh. Um, I'm wondering with, with the Saudi... I mean, there's, there's got to be... <laughs> Hello. I'm wondering if with the Saudi Arabian uh, deal as well, there's got to be at some point... You, there's got to be something, a clause in there, I'd imagine, too, where it might not even go the full 10 years. So, so what you're saying is it's, not, it's bad, it's not that bad, could be worse, but you, know, you should be a little nervous. And, and seeing, the, seeing, like you said, all the top people pulling out stocks is a little bit alarming as well. Uh, do you think now there's rumors that the network is going to go to a tier system? I, I hear it's down right now. 100% true uh, that's happening. Okay, what, what is your time frame for that? They're saying sometime within the next six to eight months. Oh, no. Um, well, okay. So right now, you cannot, if you are not a subscriber to the WWE Network, it, it, you cannot go and create an account and sign up. What they're really? doing, Yes, correct. You can still log in and access it if you're currently a subscriber, but you'll see a, a big thing that says unable to create new accounts. Uh, here's it. WWE Network is being updated. As a result, the sign-in page for the network is temporarily unavailable. Please come back tomorrow to sign up and get your first month free. Mm. So I think what there, there's several things at play here. One, it needed a facelift. It's been, at, it's been out there for five years. <laughs> it needs an overhaul. The search is terrible. You know, it, you want to, you want to watch Unforgiven? Here, click through every single pay per view we've ever had. Right. It's alphabetical. There's no way to skip forward. I'd like to go watch <laughs> um, No Mercy '97. Uh, here's 2013 Royal Rumble. I, eh, what? <laughs> Why? What? I, who? So a lot I, of that uh? stuff is getting overhauled. This is all good stuff. All back end systems, right? And the front the front end is getting overhauled with all the refreshed apps and websites and all of that kind of stuff. From what I understand. The thing that I'm speculating on is the new tiered system that they're talking about dropping. And there's, there's a lot of speculation out there where they're just going to show, they'll give you a limited amount of hours, like five hours a month of archive library stuff that you can watch. 
Oh, uh, God. And then, right. And that scares the bejesus out of me. Well, yeah. You're, 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 on a timer. Is, you're on a timer. The like, good news are, is, okay. for a mere $5 more a month, you don't have to care. Fourteen ninety nine appears to be yeah. what they're going up to to stay to get complete unlimited access to everything the way we have it today for just nine ninety nine. Sure, so they can keep saying nine ninety nine, but then be like, but if you're extra special and you want this super WWE Hulk Hogan massive major uh, higher tier, you can do that if you're really cool. Right? Yeah. No, we've we've seen, this has happened before with Netflix, with Hulu, like all of these. Are, it's happening. Yeah. Not. Uh, not my boys over at Shutter, however. Shutter still just only six bucks. Uh, but that being said, and New Japan eight bucks, and it, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. or, or ver- de- depending on how the yen is faring to the dollar. Sure. But um, but that that being said, does I mean that makes sense to me? It makes it honestly as a business person like they're giving away so much for yeah, ten they are. bucks. Imagine if you still so had much. to pay sixty dollars for every pay per view. Yeah, that you watch. That's a that might also be our perspective, Nick. As people who have had to pay that much for a pay per view, we're like ten dollars for everything. <laughs> Please bring it. Yeah. I was one of the people I, I I subscribed right away when I heard that deal. I was like, yes, done. You got me. Yeah, the uh, first day said, it was available, I was like, yeah. this isn't gonna last. We've got to go. <laughs> There's no way they can sustain this. Yeah. But no, here it is, and it's going to go to a tiered system, which, yeah, like I said, I, I, I fully expected that, and I'm fine with it. Uh, it makes sense, but I do wonder what that will do for their numbers when they're already seeing a decrease down 6%. Yeah. They're going to have to put that extra money not towards their overall uh, financials, but they're going to have to reinvest that to get more programming. Remember when they were making original programming that that wasn't, uh, ride along like they were making like top 10 Swerved. lists and swerved and stuff like that um, and so a lot of those programs just kind of come and go arbitrarily uh, and some that some that really shouldn't be there are lasting for way too long and some that I was like where did that go I, like, I love all the chronicles and, like and the 365s and the table yeah. for threes those are all fantastic oh, yeah. that tickles every part of me that enjoys wrestling content behind the scenes kind of stuff some yeah, of it WWE. feels a little overproduced in a way, but <laughs> it's, it's WWE, right. dude. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, we'll see what happens with the tiered system. A uh, couple more quotes before we move out of this, uh, Nick. So some things Vince said on this call when he was asked about things. You know, Vince, what is your response to uh, some of the um, the criticisms of, of creativity? Like, are you, how are you going to change in relationship to that? And one of the things he said was, "There will not, we'll not be going back to blood and guts. We're not going back to the attitude era." Uh, quote, we have definitely turned the corner. We have spent more time on storylines, good ones, and talent development. Is that is he blowing smoke there? Mm, think, let's you, see. You think, he, you think he actually believes it? I think, he, I think he actually believes it. Now, what Vince believes is a lot of times fantasy and just complete fiction. Like He lives in his own world, in his own bubble most of the time. And we, we have it on record that he doesn't watch a lot of other stuff outside of his own main roster product. So, because he's probably sitting there in the chair watching it live while he's calling the show. So, do I think there's money from the WWE coffers being expended into NXT and signing contracts and uh, uh, healthcare and things like that? Sure. You know, taking care of injured wrestlers. Sure. There's that. But is it above and beyond anything they've ever done in the past? I don't know. I don't think so. It's, it's, a, it's a big question of whether or not they were spending a lot of money in Q1 
going out and competing with AEW and trying to sign a bunch of people to these contracts since WrestleMania and since AEW came to be. If he's lumping that under the under talent development, then yeah, maybe, maybe he's considering that. So well, and, and speaking of talent development, uh, you know, he's saying that he wants to spend more time on it, and that's one of the reasons he hired Bischoff and Heyman is that he feels like he's in the weeds all the time, and he wants he wants to spend more time developing talent. Which, on one side, I am you know shook with horror at the idea of Vince developing more segments, uh, like you know Dean Ambrose getting shot in the butt with the inoculation. Right. But on the other hand, you know, I, I, as much as like Vince has a bunch of horrible gimmicks to his resume, he also has some really good ideas to his resume as well. And so I don't want to be like this doomsayer, like oh my God, Vince is going to have more say over creative, because you know he has had good ideas in the past. Maybe it's just when he's stressed and and you know. Well, I say that as as I say when he's stressed and busy, but then I think he's got XFL coming up too. So it might also be his way of being able to go and do that. So mm, again, that said, said this it, wasn't a giant hundred million dollar haul of stock that Vince liquidated. I think it, I think they said it, they declared it as about a million dollars, eight hundred to a nine hundred thousand dollars. So okay. much ado about nothing in that sense as far as the stock liquidation, but it's never a good sign. Even with XFL coming, even with the Fox stuff coming, it's never a good sign when you see your CEO, your COO, and your chief brand officer all liquidate <laughs> stock at the same time. In right, fact, a, that would make right my SEC alarm call. bells go, insider! Because you have to file for that stuff, right? You have to file right, well, petitions for is, that. Is it actually illegal to, to dump stock before you give a bad report? Yes. It oh. is a federal crime in the finance industry, big time, for publicly traded companies. Yes. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, we'll leave it on that and head across the river to uh, AEW. <clears throat> More big news. <laughs> oh, man. More big news. Well, speaking of people over at WWE dumping stock and saying, no, no, everything is fine while things burn, uh, AEW announced that it will be on TNT starting on uh, the 2nd of October, and it will be from 8 to 10 Eastern on TNT. Nothing really world shaking there we kind of knew this was coming pretty much specifically this other than they uh, put we, it right up against nxt well they put it up against nxt as it debuts on the network here's the cool here's the cute thing is that they're already talking about how wwe is planning to possibly have nxt go live on fs1 to counter program aew on tnt interesting mm-hmm. uh but uh, not but not too surprising that's just business um, I, I, will, I, I hesitate to call this another brand war yet. It's a long way from it, and I don't think that AEW is in any way really on the level of like a WCW. Not yet. They'd have to get like, they, they, they've got a long way to go before we can really call this anything like that. So, so hyperbole, leave it at the door. Uh, but that being said, they are going big. Their first show is going to be held at the Capital One Center in Washington, D.C., which is that's like a raw sized arena. It's fourteen thousand people. Eighteen. And if you think of, uh, I've got fourteen in my notes. Really? I, I thought yep. it was almost one of those. It was like Staples, almost twenty thousand people, eighteen thousand people, something like that. Uh, well, I think you could probably squeeze those in, but the the Either listed way, size is fourteen thousand. We're cut it splitting hairs. It's, it's big. It's big. And 15, the thing is, thousand people. Yeah, and even if they don't sell it out, Raw doesn't sell it out these days. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, they're trying. They're going big. They're going big right off the bat. Um, it's also hi- historically significant. It is the arena back when it was called the Verizon Center, 
uh, where WCW used to run Starcade. And in fact, Hulk Hogan versus Sting in 97, the biggest show WCW ever had, was held in this arena. Interesting. So, but they're, 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 it's a little bold. And I mean, I, I know that they're it probably intentionally like, you know, poking the bear with WWE because it, that, again, just makes good business sense. I think a lot of fans want to see another or feel like it's another war situation. So doing that kind of makes sense to me. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, right now it's rumored to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite, their Wednesday night program. And they're going to be running about 100 to 120 uh, shows a year. Four pay-per-views, 51 weeks of TV, and a bunch of uh, Saturday house shows. So they're going to have a pretty big year as well. They got they're, the they're coming out the gate. They're coming out the gate hot. Yes, sir. So it will be very curious to see how AEW does in just over two months, Nick. And we're going to have to rejigger our show to, to deal with that yep. because that's going to screw up our whole weekly schedule. And you Thanks, guys will hear AEW. more about that as we, uh, as we get closer. Those of you in the Busted Wide Open discussion group got a little teaser of that today. Thank you for, uh, for giving us your feedback. Uh, if you can still see that, if you have not seen it, it's still in the group. Uh, please weigh in. Let us know what you think of the forthcoming changes. Um, but, Ian, I, I think we've really got to kick this into gear. Um, and we had a lot happen this week. And we're, yes, on, we we're in the final kind of legs of setting up one of my favorite events of the year, and that's SummerSlam. And off the heels of Extreme Rules, which was fantastic, we've got a big card forming itself to head into SummerSlam. But to talk about all of those, we've got to head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. It's the Raw reunion show, Nick. It's like Raw 25 all over again, only much better. This, yeah. was, this was way better than Raw 25. It um, was. I, it's off the bat, because I, I, I'm worried ahead of time. I've been going over this in my head. I'm worried ahead of time. I'm going to come across as bitter and jaded during this segment, and I'm determined to offset that as much as I can by saying <laughs> that this was a better show than Raw 25. But I'm just gonna throw this out there right now. Me, just uh, me personally. Okay. I hate I hate nostalgia. I hate feeling it. And there is a trend of things going on. Just I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak personally. I'm gonna oh, speak shit. personally okay. here for a second. <clears throat> Go for it. All right. I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get personal. There is a trend of things happening in my life where creative properties that I was a fan of as a young man or even as a boy are being brought back and redone, or, or worst of all, they're bringing back the characters and the people who played them only as much older, or as basically as they are now, and saying, what happens in the future of, oh, I don't know, hmm, Han Solo? What's in the future of Picard? What's in the future of, of Deckard from Blade Runner? What's in the future of the guys from Train Spotting? This has been happening over and over and over again, and it's, it's wearing down on me. It's starting to really get me because I don't – they're supposed to be freaking happily ever after to these stories, Nick. I don't want to know that, that, that Han Solo had a bratty emo kid and that he sucks and now that he's going to kill his dad. No, spoiler alert. But I don't want to know this stuff. Yeah, this, me it, 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 it really does tarnish those childhood feelings that I had for it. And I know if you're a fan of the new Star Wars, wham, woe is me. But this is something that I've been having a continuing issue with. Where I don't like, well, I don't like getting old, but I don't like seeing the things that I really loved as a kid be continued past what I feel is their expiration date. And I think that there's this kind of nostalgia that comes along with it 
that is, uh, I hate to use the term toxic nostalgia because it's just wildly overused, but it's it's a kind of nostalgia that I, I, I feel is detrimental to uh, appreciating stories. And yeah. so I, I, I have to say, I have to admit before this show, I'm a little sensitive to dragging out the old carton, carton horse that you used 20 years ago and showing it to me now. Like, like I said uh, before we started the show live, man, some of these people look old. DX looks old. I, I love, I love Shawn Michaels, but watching his bow-legged, janky-eyed ass walk around the ring hurts me. It hurts with his boots outside his jeans and his dip tin in his, his back chaw, pocket. His chaw tin in the back pocket. I don't mind that, but you know, okay, but. On the one side, like, so yeah, when I see a uh, road dog coming out looking like Grandpa Sonata uh, with his horrible <laughs> facial hair. Cold skull. Yes. Cold, yeah, WWE cold, cold skull. Cold dog. Uh, when he comes out. Cold dog. It's, it's man. It's, I could close my eyes. He still sounds the same, but I open him. I'm like, oh, God, no. Put it away. Oh, 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 oh. X-Pac looked like something they dug up out of the graveyard. Like, it's, it's. It's rough. Some people look rough. Some of them look great. And honestly, that's one thing I want to. Before we get into really like pulling this apart, I want to. I want to throw this out there. There was a couple of moments that really did like make me go, "Okay, that got me." Nostalgia. All right, that was cool. Um, but mostly, it was the ones where either they. I, I, it was something that was personal to me. Like I just, I just dug it. Like I marked out for it, or I felt like th they earned it, or it was Stone Cold, goddamn Steve Austin who still like can go out there and it feels like old Steve Austin. He still looks pretty similar. In fact, I'd say he's more jacked than he's been in a, like maybe even ever. Right. He's got those, those CT Fletcher arms going on right yeah, there. He does boys, boys been working out with CT. So <laughs> yeah, he's looking good, but and it, he, and he felt good, but look, we'll, we'll go through it bit by bit here, Nick. I'm, I'm I think I like him getting ahead of us here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, ranting. Yeah. I'm All right, ranting. so moving on, we got to talk about SmackDown. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, go back, go back. Uh, all right, let's go a through a piece by piece here. On this show. A lot, a lot. I just want to preface it by saying, like, I, did, I wasn't mad at it all. Like when you hear me bitching as we go through this, <laughs> I enjoyed this okay. immensely. There were several right. moments that I that were like cringed at. I was like, eh. but yeah. I had a blast. You know, okay, I, well, and good. I didn't take it too seriously. And I, I hope that people approached it that way and not the way that you did, Judgey McJudgerson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shut uh, but up! I, I had fun. It was the nostalgia tour. Great. The ratings are down. Let's bring back all the old lapsed fans and throw show them yeah. all their people that they used to love. Yeah, that was patronizing, pandering. Anyway, if you can get past that. Yes, it was a good time. Yeah, yes, and and honestly, from the reports we're hearing backstage, it was a really good time for all the people that they brought back. Like they gave them the VIP treatment. They gave them, they gave them a nice little room with a bunch of couches and catering to sit and, and reminisce on old times. Apparently, after the show went off the air, uh, Austin and Flair went to the bar and just got hammered, hamboned. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, apparently it was a really like it was a blast for all the old timers who were there, and. Some of the segments with the old timers, I, I like I said, worked better than others. Let's go. Let's go down the list of everything yeah. that that happened. And there's some that are just salted in later. They they try to salt them in everywhere this week. Uh, we had opening up the show. Brapadu John Cena comes out and says, "Oh, all I had to do was go away, and you guys are nice to me." 
Well, yeah, John, go away and not win every match that you're not supposed to. Those right. two things. But sure, welcome back, John. Nice to see him. He came back, uh, and then the Usos came out, and they had a little mini, mini, mini rap battle, which was cute. He made fun of their mugshots, which we'll come back to later in the show because they added one after the segment yep. to their mugshot Apparently, list. they went to the bar with Flair and, and Austin. Apparently, and stayed there for two days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the Usos came out. They had a little wrap-off. And then they brought out their pops, Rikishi, which I haven't seen him out there in a while. So that was nice to see. As an as a old fan of Rikishi's back in the day. Did, did you get um, up and, dance, and get ready to dance with him? I did not get ready to dance with them, Nick. But they did get ready to do the little dance. But they were interrupted by the Revival, who came out with the Dudley Boy. Oy, with the Dudley Boy. With the Dudley Boy. One Dudley. Yeah. They didn't come out with Bubba Ray because he's busy over in Ring of Honor. Uh, notably absent, but they came out with Yvonne. Okay. Cool. And then we had an Usos uh, and Rikishi versus Revival and Devon match where Devon and Rikishi kind of like faced off outside the ring, distracted Scott Dawson, and he got taken out, and the, the Usos win, and as a result, get a title shot. So at least there was something on the line in this match. Um, I don't know. Should we uh, should we at least be grateful that that was on the line and that it wasn't just like a kind of a fluff match? Sure, absolutely. Just, I'm, I'm all matter. in. Remember, uh, guys, for weeks I've been saying Revival and Usos all day. Feed it me. Pump it straight into my veins. I want it. Like, give it to okay. me. Uh, that That's a fantastic – it'll probably on the be on the pre-show again. Um, but, you know, unfortunately. But at the same time, I, you're, I'm never going to be mad. If this is what it took to get them into a, a big match at SummerSlam, yeah, okay. Why no yeah. stink face, though? That's the thing. Um, so no dance, no stink face. Rikishi wasn't medically cleared, apparently. I don't so know. That's an interesting what... point. That was apparently a lot of them were never medically cleared. And the original plan was to have a lot of them in matches, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, but there's and, a reason they don't but wrestle. they made that plan before they medically cleared all of them, which none of them yeah. passed. <laughs> yeah. So And apparently, I mean, the, the WWE, doc, WWE doctors these days are a lot more careful than yeah. they were back in the Attitude Era. Let's just put it that way. Um, a lot of people are not cleared by fairly minor things or things that you and I would say, they're fine. They, they can go in there. Just ask Daniel, Daniel Bryan. But uh, right. yeah, apparently Rikishi was not medically cleared to give someone a stink face. I'm not even going to ask what medical issue he had that prevented him from giving someone a stink face. Colitis. I don't even, even want to know. <laughs> Trying to avoid that, Nick. Thank you. Moving yeah. on, we had uh, another segment. We had so basically a bunch of segments with the with the with the uh, the old timers. I shall I'll, I'll call it that. Some of them obviously aren't old, but the people who were there for the reminiscence. We had a, a sequence with Santino, Morella, and and Tori Wilson and Alicia Fox, where they were kind of goofing off, and Drew McIntyre was disgusted by them. Uh, we had a we mentioned DX came out. Well, that all came about because Seth was on Miz TV, where he chased off Paul Heyman and cut a promo on Brock Lesnar that was. Kind of weird, but we'll get back to that. Uh, but then he later had a match with AJ Styles where uh, AJ Styles had the, the now called the OC, not the club. They're now the OC, the original club. The, I don't know. But uh, they, uh, they, were all, they were all ringside. Well, DX came out to stand with Sean. I'm sorry, Sean, Sean Michaels and Triple H came out to stand with Seth. Um, and then as the club continued to be meanies, the rest <laughs> of DX came out, Road Dog and X-Pac and... Even the outsiders, you had Hall and Nash were there too. Yeah. So they all came out, and then after scaring off the club, which was kind of sad, they had a big old celebration in the ring, and it was also sad. 
Um, so this segment, real quick, before we go on, two things. One, uh, just a quick, quick touch on the Seth Rollins Miz TV segment. Was that was that promo really weird, or was it just me? Oh, like man. he was he was imi- like imitating Brock Lesnar and calling him like a big red face, like Godzilla guy. Like was that weird or was it just me? I mean, people were making a big deal out of it. I didn't lose any sleep over it. He did the <laughs> Rock Lesnar, and I do that. I've done that here on the show a bunch of times. So I, sure. You know, so it's fun. I, I I I didn't think there's anything wrong with it. Fine. I don't know. Some people have issues with their baby faces acting a little silly. Like they want him to be serious all the time. So. I don't know. Uh, there was a little bit of pushback on that, like it was too in-jokey. But it was, I, I thought it was fine on the fact he scared off Paul by saying, I'm going to come to the top of that ramp, stomp you into the, the, uh, the ramp by the count of five, one, two, three, four, five, and Paul runs off. That yeah, was, that was silly. It was fun. It was fun. But, um, okay, so the DX segment was, was them. Did you feel that they buried the club or did the club get away kind of looking okay because they were outnumbered so much? That. Uh, it would, that was the point of it. it. That's what I took from it is that, oh, now we got three on one uh, again, going to Seth Rollins. Here comes uh, DX to save them. Now it's evened up. Now it's evened up, or it's even the odds have switched. Right. So it's, you know, and then, I mean, the whole thing with the OC putting up the, the horns and the two sweet and trying to get uh, Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels to. to and to then Triple H, come on, camera guys. Clearly seeing him count out one, two, three to time it and just, and then doing the. And I'm just going, oh, God. Okay. That's where I started. It started to get a little long in the tooth for me, but I didn't hate any of this. I loved Seth Rollins filling in and doing it. If you're not down with that, fine. Yeah. Okay, sure. That's, yeah. That crowd was yeah. live for it. So it, that, the crowd was good and it made it more participatory. Yeah, to me again, I think it was just the fact that they all looked so haggard that I was just like, uh, I, I couldn't connect. I couldn't connect with it. It didn't. It didn't work the way that they wanted to for me. And the fact that they they should be taking this time to put over the OC. Yeah. This was a good opportunity to do that. But these guys don't lay down for freaking anybody. Just ask the revival from Raw 25, where they got just murdered. So yeah, that's that's more of my issue here is that they had an opportunity to put over the new guys and all they did was give Seth a rub, which is ironic considering that originally it wasn't supposed to be Seth. That spot was supposed to go to Ricochet, but he had an uh, uh, elbow infection, this ongoing elbow infection he's have a problem with, so they gave it to Seth instead. Now, while I think that it's appropriate to give Seth that rub, can you imagine what this would have done for Ricochet yep. to get that rub? Yep. My God. My God, new guy not um, even been in the in, on the main roster was turn of the year six months, already has yeah. a U.S. title and he's coming out getting being able to fill in for legends. It tells you what they think about him. Yep. Like I, you and I, when we were doing our, our how high can they rise thing, we thought Vince wasn't going to, you know, to have, give him the time of day. I would have like, guessed you the Cedric? opposite. We were really high on Alistair Black, you know, thinking that they <laughs> would be higher on him. Look at the juxtaposition there. Well, I think they are high on him. They just kind of bungled. I think Vince thought that uh, his whole promo shtick was really good. <laughs> you know what? Anyway, so, all right. Well, moving on from this segment, I, I, I kind of feel like they should have put OC look over a little stronger. But yeah. as it was, you know, they got to look like heels opposite DX. So I, I guess I can talk myself out of being rage hashtag wrestling. <sighs> we had a match, Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. But uh, it, it got interrupted by Sergeant Slaughter, RVD, Hurricane, and Kurt Angle randomly okay. as Sammy was pulling his, his, his heel shtick. Because why not? Those guys go together like Ramalama, Lama, 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 Ding, Dong. 
I don't know. I, I maybe I'm as high as RVD obviously was to think that, but uh, or maybe whoever booked this was as high as RVD. Very obviously, that guy's eyes were so red and puffy, Nick. I don't know how he could see. My oh, God, he's a very well well known pothead, big time. Really, you oh, don't yeah. say. Yeah. No. Yeah. RVD. Yeah, just for people that smokes didn't know, weed. You know, yeah. What? He smokes, he smokes a lot of weed. No, he's got a, am, he's got a lot of joint injuries that that probably helps with. He's got a lot of joint injuries. You know what like I'm that. saying? Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Womp yeah. womp womp womp. So yeah, so that uh, that was just like a random. Hey, here's a bunch of guys. Boom, there you go. Uh, Bray Wyatt was one of my favorite ones of the night. Mick Foley was out in the ring. Uh, got interrupted by the 24-7 guys running through the ring and was saying, you know, this is a night to remember. I'm missing our fondest memories. Here's one of mine when I won the title from The Rock. January, I believe it was 4th, 1997, something like that, 98. Um, and uh, started to play that great moment on the, on the shoulders of DX in the ring, reminding us how young and vibrant they used to look. And all of a sudden, the lights started going out, beer, 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 in the arena. And then all of a sudden, when they came back up, Bray Wyatt was in the ring, holding up his hands. Which one? Oh, oh heal, hate. I'm going to go with hate. And he gave, oh, he gave the mandible claw to Mick Foley in the middle of the ring while the lights went down and flashed creepily on him. This was awesome. It executed very well, I think, Nick. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, I, scary. It, you, genuinely you, scary. It was, and I would not have expected um, that to be uh, who Bray Wyatt would come out after. But you could, he didn't have his teeth in, Mick didn't, you could tell. Yeah, well. And, I mean, uh, and then so he comes out and he gives him the mandible claw, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to have Mick say too much without, without the teeth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, that's, but that was great. Here was a moment of a, of a classic wrestler putting over a new one in a major way. And, in a, in, and frankly, in a very smart way. He uses his own move on him, and it makes him extra terrifying. Like, who does that? That's so creepy. This, this was, I thought, a brilliant use of an older talent to put over a younger talent. Simple, effective, very good segment. Um, and we had to talk about all that 24-7 stuff. I mentioned they ran through the ring in this segment. Well, we had a lot of title changes on this Raw, Nick. Um, shall I run down them real quick, or do you want to do the honors? Um, be my guest, because okay. I'll, I'll weigh in here <sighs> from time to time. All right. Let's, let me see if I can get all this get all this right. So first of all, Drake Maverick is a 24-7 champion. He, or Sorry, our truth was, during an interview, he's rolled up by Drake Maverick after they looked at everything they did at Comic-Con. Drake Maverick is your, your new 24-7 champion. Drake Maverick is celebrating in the locker room. He gets creeped out by the boogeyman, and while he's still incapacitated on the floor, Pat Patterson stomps on him, puts the boots on him, and gets the one, two, three, and grabs the belt, runs off. After commercial, we see Pat Patterson has been beaten down and has had the belt taken off of him by Gerald Briscoe. That's a nice callback. The Stooges, ha-ha, one yeah, up each what other again. What are you, Stooge? What are you, Stooge? <laughs> and then Briscoe's, Briscoe's you know, running down the hall going, I'm the champ, I'm the new champ. And he gets, he runs into Kelly Kelly, who's Yay. so happy for him. She's so happy for him. And then she boots him, pins him. Kelly Kelly is your new 24-7 champ. Well, she's celebrating. She ends up seeing Candice Michelle in the hall along with uh, a couple other ladies, and uh, they are all happy for her until Candice Michelle boots Kelly Kelly, puts her head into one of the steel uh, struts around the right, right next to him, and boom, she's pinned one, two, three. Candice Michelle is your new 24-7 champion. She starts dancing and celebrating. Then she gets choked out 
by Alundra Blaze, who comes out of nowhere and puts a horrible choke move on Candice Michelle. Horrible, horrible choke move. But Candice Michelle, I guess, taps out to it. Alundra Blaze is your new 24-7 champion. This is where it and, got weird for me, but for the record. Like, I was fine with everything that was happening. I was even marking out seeing Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe get the belts. I thought that was a nice touch on, on a reunion night. Once we got to Alundra Blaze, I just went, oh, God. And then what proceeded to happen beyond this, I just kind of— It was of, amazing. This is the best part. I was getting uh, to the best part. All this That's where we're going to disagree. Oh, we are going to disagree severely, sir, because now we got to one of my favorite nostalgia moments of the whole show. Like, one of the parts where they actually got me. They got me with this. Alundra Blaze walks out the stage. She says, I'm not going to be 24 salmon champ long. Walks out of the stage up to the commentary area, stands next to the commentary, grabs a, a trash can, and holds at the 24-7 championship like she did with the WWE Women's Championship back in the day on WCW and threatens to throw it in the trash. But before she can do it, <laughs> out comes the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Money, 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 money. And he buys it off of her. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm always going. That's Look, You'll I'm always get out. me with Ted DiBiase. The Alundra Blaze bit me. and throwing it in the trash can and that taking as long as it did and the terrible choke out was just, that's what, where, uh-uh. The Ted DiBiase's choke out fine. was bad, but Alundra calling back to that was, uh, um, but Ted DiBiase going, before you make another bad decision, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> That was great stuff. And, that was and fine. Uh, honestly, I'm sorry. Ted DiBiase buying a title off of somebody is going to make me mark out. That's classic. Fine. That's a classic. That I give you. That's, and you know, I have a, a, a million dollar man t shirt. So I. Okay. Yeah. So I, right. I love me some Ted DiBiase. That part's Same. I love that. And Thank the callback you. he made was fine. It was the choke uh, out and just her not being that good on the mic. It was a little I, cringy. I couldn't. I couldn't stand the divas section of this. The, what the, was interesting about this was what developed, and I don't know if you have this at the end of the show, so I'm going to take a risk here, but what developed on Twitter between Alundra Blaze and Lacey Evans? I do actually have this just a, a second later oh. at the end of this whole Raw segment here. I have it a little bit later, so pause. Yeah. Pause on Alundra Blaze and Lacey Evans because that <laughs> that that's a hot topic we got to get to. Yeah. So put, put a little... Put a little note the on Twitter that. Twitter wars continue. Up. Holy crap. Uh, we'll come back to that. But I got I to gotta finish the 24-7 thing, Nick. You gave me an assignment. I have to see hmm. it through. All right. So Ted DiBiase has purchased the title. He gets it to his limo. There's some some very obvious someone banging on the trunk and some bad special effects. The camera's zooming in. Whatever. It's supposed to be someone tussling in the limo. Out pops Drake Maverick. He's the new 24-7 champ again. And uh, then he gets rolled up by R-Truth as he's trying to make his escape with his beautiful wife. R-Truth jumps in the limo with the wife and the belt. He's gone. Drake Maverick is left with no wife, no belt. And that's the 24-7 championship for this edition of Raw. What Do you think that this is, this is, is this, is this what we wanted to see with the 24-7 championship? Just goony, crazy, throw-at-the-wall nonsense? Yeah, just it's still not there yet. Just keep getting crazier. Like, I love okay. the idea that, you know, Truth jumps in and Drake yells, my baby, come back, and my wife. And my wife. <laughs> what do you think about Kelly Kelly being the first female 24-7 champion and the fact that they, they actually showed, like, a yes, they are willing to have a woman win this, leading credence to the whole why doesn't Carmella go for it angle? I think it proved that that was viable, and that's a thing that we're going to see at some point. Um, maybe they're saving it for an intergender kind of thing at some point between Truth and Carmella. Uh, I don't know. 
I, we'll mm. see. It's it's going to be interesting uh, how uh, how this all shakes out. So I, I, it is interesting that they gave it to Kelly Kelly first and not Carmella. I I think we all kind of thought that's where this was going to go. So no, I'm I'm actually over the moon excited that they did finally put it on a woman. Uh, even though it was during a reunion show. That's fine. Hey, shout out to Dominic Jacques as well for the dollar in the tip jar, man. Thank you very much. Word, word. Much obliged. Yes, sir. So, yeah, this this continues to ramp up. The the 24-7 stuff with Drake continues to be fantastic. At the end of this, the last shot that we saw was Drake Maverick looking up at Carmella standing over him as as the limo drove away with his baby and his wife. Yes, Uh, that's where we left it. Drake made an interesting decision to tweet out that picture with the Brazzers logo at the bottom of it. Oh, no, he didn't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that was a good idea. <laughs> so we'll see what kind of fallout we get from that. What are these guys doing on Twitter, In Just oh, good you th- Lord. Drake, Drake and, uh, and, and Truth? Everybody. Uh, it's, Seth they're up in their game. This Becky is... and Lacey and Lundra. And just, why are they doing all this? Did, did we mention at the top of the show, Nick, that there is a 10% increase in social media followers? There you go. And that they have a 17% increase in digital video views? Did we mention that? Whatever they're doing, it's freaking working. Yeah. And this is, this is exactly why. And if people are questioning what the 24-7 championship is for... It's for exactly that. It's to get some other people. It's for, first of all, it's getting people that would never have TV time, TV time, and it is driving some massive numbers to the social media. So, the, for for that standpoint, it's working wonders. And frankly, it remains somewhat un, an unpredictable and fun aspect of the TV show, even if it's completely goony and goofy and you can't take it seriously. That is the point. You have other segments you can take seriously. Um, this what they're doing with the twenty four seven championship is successful. I would love to see it get way goonier, like get yeah. more creative, even more creative with it. Go completely nuts. But what they're doing and the purpose they're doing it for, it's effective. I think it's we'll working. get there. And I'm not in a hurry for them to get there. I like the progression that it seems to be getting more and more goony. Right now, I think we're locked into a bit of a back and forth. Kind of, It's turning itself into a program on its all on its own between well, Drake Maverick and R-Truth. Let's see say. where it goes beyond that. I would like I, to I see like it the slow burn of it. Yeah, well, I'd like to see something else happen besides just Drake and Truth being the main characters in it. Sure. Like, let's go, let's go a little further beyond that. But uh, as it is, like, can't I can't hate on it too much. But let's talk about the big segment, the big uh, reunion segment, the toast to Raw at the end of the show, with uh, everyone lining up, just tons of people lining up on stage. Some people getting called out, some people not, uh, and Ric Flair coming out to be in front of everybody. And get cheered. And then Hulk Hogan coming out to be standing in front of everybody to get cheered. Well, and finally, he got cheered. He got, I mean, he's, it's in he Tampa, Florida. He got some interesting sly looks from several key superstars. Yeah, and from several key audience members, too, I noticed, yeah. as, they, as they cut back and forth. But as you, would, as you would expect. But he'd still got a pretty raucous reaction. They were smart to do this in Florida, his hometown. You're not going to get too much of a bad reaction there. But uh, someone who got a great reaction, still the loudest pop of the night, the glass shattered, and out came Stone Cold. Steve Austin ran out of the ring, had a, cracked a couple of uh, Broken Skull IPAs. Or sorry, what are, they, what are they calling them? Stone Cold IPAs. They're Broken Skull IPAs, kids. Yeah. I, I know if you're watching live on our, our YouTube channel, I should know. <laughs> I should know. I'm holding up a uh, tap handle. I love this beer so much, I put it on at my bar. Um, 
So, yeah, so he's down there cracking uh, Steve IPAs, and he starts just... Steve Weisers. They're not Steve Weisers anymore. They're not Bud. They're Steve IPAs. There were were Coors Lights and uh, Miller Lights and all kinds of stuff over the years, but they're Steve Weisers because he's drinking them. So he cracked some more Stone Cold IPAs and uh, immediately began to just start talking about the good times that he and the kids had. Went into an old Stone Cold promo. Cut a huge Stone Cold promo. Just as good as he was back in the day. This, this is my heartstrings just getting plucked. Uh, bink, bink, bink. Yeah. Oh. This was of all the things on this show where I was rolling my eyes and saying, ugh, that was goofy or ugh, that was pandering. This was neither. This was genuine where he was genuinely excited to be there. He was happy to be there. He was as good as he ever was with cutting the promos. Uh, you know, making us uh, talking about how he ran into Ron Simmons in an elevator at the hotel, and I just had a grin from ear to ear. Um, and then he called everyone to the ring, and they all cheers and celebrated. And he was like, even stopped at this point and was like, "Hey, how much time we have left? A minute? Okay, I'm going to tell another story." And he was like, "Hey, so me and Briscoe were in somewhere, and we we were doing something illegal, and..." That was the story. Hey, cheers. And, and they go off the air to him going, oh, hell yeah. This was awesome. This was it was because it felt breezy. It felt natural. It felt off the cuff. It felt like a thank you to the fans, a thank you to the other superstars. It felt like something genuine. This is the one time in this whole show I genuinely felt something genuine. And it really did actually bring a smile to my face and go, okay, this was good. Yeah, I mean, my face the whole time was just... <laughs> just watching it, just uh, super happy, super stoked, over the moon, loved. So here's the one thing, one takeaway I had. This felt a little bit like Vince said, I need you to go out there and, and get all our fans back, Stone Cold. So he had this speech where he was talking about family, and he would look directly into hard cam that was pulled in real close on him. You guys all watching at home, you're all family. Yeah. And I was just like, uh... Sorry, Dad. Did we? For- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to watch AEW, <laughs> but I really like oh, yeah. it. It's really good. The, have you seen I mean, the G1? It's good, Dad. Don't 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 yell at me. That's what really that felt bad. like a little bit. And I'm a wondering. I'm wondering if that was t- intentional to make sure to remind. Remember how awesome we used to be, fans. You know, just to drive them back. I felt a little yeah. bit on the nose. Um, if I'm being honest, I. I, I don't think that you're being uh, – uh, I, I think you're right on. I think that this absolutely was a way to kind of, you know, goose the lapsed fan to come back and watch some of their stuff. I don't know if they had enough other content on the show that would get the lapsed fan back into it. Yeah. And we're going to go into some of the other content here in a second. Um, maybe they did. I mean, looking over it now, they had some good stuff. But it was – it definitely felt a little bit desperate. And, and I don't want to be projecting – you know, I don't want to be a doomsayer uh, more than we already are, but it did feel a little bit like a little bit desperate uh, on the part of WWE here. Um, like, see how much we love you. We love you and you love us. Remember all let's these things it. you used let's to love? Here they are again. Don't you let's love us? Please pay for the network and watch our shows. <laughs> don't go. Yeah. Don't go. <laughs> sorry. We're sorry. Uh, for all you the know, as long as done. it's on the air, I, I can commit that I'm probably going to watch it. So I, you know, I don't know if I'm the intended audience or not to what was put on display, but it, I certainly enjoyed it. And there were several times I marked the hell out big time. And I went and watched it again. I was with you guys uh, in the chat, in the Facebook group uh, live for that show. I wasn't going to miss that one. And then I went back and watched it again on Hulu because 
damn. It's just mm-hmm. good. I want to take advantage of. And here's the thing with nostalgia, Ian. You made that big speech at the beginning. Here's the thing that I want to weigh in with. There's only going to be, Undertaker is kind of proving us wrong, my, you know, proving my point wrong here, but there's only going to be so many more times I get to see the people that I loved in the WWF on TV. There's only okay. going to be so many more times, if any, for some of them. And the, any time I get an opportunity to scratch that itch, right, that nostalgia itch of, oh, oh, God, yes, I remember those days. I remember how awesome this was. I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to let go of the reins and enjoy the ride, and I'm just going to soak it all in. So while it might have felt desperate on the surface, I'm kind of the target audience that they were going for here. Sure. To be honest. Sure. Well, I mean, and then I'm glad that we're on the respective sides of the fence that we are because I definitely feel like at a certain point it's healthier to just let something go and be in the past and not try to relive these old memories when they're never going to live up to what they once were and they're only going to make the past memories seem even less by comparison. It's, 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 it's hurting the legacy. Yeah. Um, so, and I, you know, I know that sometimes you're with me on that. Like there's some things where you are, you agree with that, but this show obviously didn't do that to you. And that's, that's great. That's fine. I think that on a lot of metrics, this show really did accomplish that. They got over give the it, like, 3 million viewer mark again for the first time. And I don't know how long. Well, it was the highest rated raw this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it goose their ratings. We knew it was, it was going to goose their ratings, but I have a hard time believing it was just to goose ratings. I don't feel like it was. I feel like there was more to it. There's probably a lot of different elements to it, um, you know, kind of honoring their past superstars and sending out a, you know, get, rallying the troops, if you will. Then there's a lot of things that they were at play here. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you did get something out of it and that it was something that was meaningful to you. And in the same way that like a lot of people really like, you know, all the, uh, and as you said, in my big rant, uh, there was a lot of those things that I talked about. People really enjoy. Yeah. People really enjoy it. And you know what? Fair play. And that's why I wanted to put the caveat at the top of the show or at the top of the segment that like, I get it. I, this is, this might just be me. It might just be my peccadillos and that's it. Uh, I, I can see this as, you know, being f- fatuous pandering and playing violins on the Titanic, uh, all I want. But, you know, at the end of the day, I have to look at it as well and say, ah, there is, there was really some good stuff here. And I get, I get why people still have that emotional connection to it when they watched it. Yeah, to be fair, I completely agree with your rant in the aspects of stop messing with my favorite movies from my formative years and stop trying to remake everything. <laughs> Hollywood, I'm talking to you. You hear me? Quit it. Knock it off. Uh, we don't need Robocop watch, again. You ready to watch Picard? Old, old ass Picard? Uh, uh. No, it was bad enough in uh, Logan. Mm, that, well, uh, that was a good movie, though. Anyway, all right. That's different. Movie. Different podcast. Yeah. Different podcast. Uh, Sid was supposed to be here. Psycho slash Sid Justice was supposed to be on the show. He wasn't here. Thoughts on why, Nick? Any uh, idea? I, he just, do, do he and Hogan, can they be in the same room together? Uh, maybe yeah, that's why. He, he and Arn Anderson, can't. they're the ones that can't be in the same room together. Cause, that's cause right. he stabbed, I'm sorry. That's right. He stabbed, he stabbed Arn, remember? Yeah. You can't, he uh, can't be I in the same room. I actually was a little concerned that Arn didn't show up. I actually, but then I remembered he's overdoing AEW stuff now. Yeah. Right? Arn, Billy Gunn, JR, they're all over in AEW. They're yeah. not going to be there. I like the little like aside that, that DX gave to Billy. They're like, where's Billy? We forgot about Billy. Uh, that was cute. JR put out a statement as to why he said he was um, here to inspire the guys in AEW. I think it would have been a bad look to do it. I agree completely. I get Love why that. JR wasn't there. Um, you know, Lawler was there. He, Lawler and Booker T both jumped out on commentary at one point. That was great. They both, 
Booker should still be on commentary. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. They had Otunga on SmackDown, and Booker should have been in that spot. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Um, but Sid, we don't know. They didn't, they didn't tell us why Sid wasn't there. I can only assume it's softball season. That's the only thing I can assume. He's got better things to do, like playing softball. Um, but okay, so Nick, let's everybody's get to, got let's, their priorities. <laughs> everyone has their priorities. Everyone has their price. Hey, <laughs> did, did, was there any wrestling on this show? Yes, but we get to talk about Twitter wars before we get to wrestling. Oh, remember? Okay, yeah, yeah. We got, before we move on to the rest of the show, <laughs> we got to talk about. We a promise little bit there's going to be some Evans. wrestling on this wrestling podcast. So Lacey wasn't actually on Raw, but she weighed in on Twitter and said, "Legends equals yesterdays and nasties." Um, and someone's uh, replied to her and said, I wouldn't mind seeing you and Medusa have a brief stare down. Lacey said she wouldn't be able to handle it just like she couldn't handle holding the 24-7 title. Mm. Medusa responded, you'll be lucky to be considered a legend. You failed in the military. You live in a portable trailer, drag your kid and husband around. Your hubby looked at me, gave me a compliment and said, honey, maybe you could be more like a Lundra. Your yesterday regurgitated garbage. Damn. Hot fire. Damn. Medusa <laughs> can't throw on a chokehold, but she can choke you out on Twitter. She can choke you out on Twitter. Damn. My goodness. Uh, uh, you you guys another... are just coming up in WWE. That, that's how you cut a promo on somebody. She went on. <laughs> she went on. DiBiase never pinned me for the title. He handed me over some cash, and I gave him the title. Men get distracted easy by shiny new things like your husband did when I walked by. When you're done acting your shoe size rather than your age, contact me. <laughs> Jesus. Is she the one writing Becky's Twitter? Is that where this is going? It might be the same backstage person, yeah. That's meta right. AF. But if you guys heard the bonus episode, me talking about some social media stuff and the way that's coordinated behind the scenes, it felt very much like Becky's, whoever, whoever's been writing Becky's Twitter, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm only, I'm only reading off the first couple of, of tweets in this feud. It's been, I'm, I'm actually oh, it's been going on for days. Going, on and on and on. It's just all week. It's just going on. That's <laughs> that's some of the best stuff, though, right there. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So they, they they went off on Twitter for some freaking. I don't know if we're gonna have an Alundra Lacey feud, but I, I'm I'm in now. Okay, I'm in if they do. Uh, just don't let Alundra put a, a chokehold on Lacey because dear God, no. So the rest of the show, Nick, we're it's gonna be a long raw today. Uh, lots of other stuff happened. The show. Drew McIntyre had another match with Cedric Alexander. Got his win back because yay WWE booking. Uh, Samoa Joe, this was one of my favorite segments of the whole show. Samoa yeah. Joe came out and talked smack about the Usos and Rikishi at the top of the show. Roman didn't like him talking smack about his family, came out and said, what were you saying? And uh, Samoa Joe basically said, I just said it. I already said it. You're, you're from the what? same island. You know what this means. You know, you know what happens now, right? I love that. Samoa, Samoa Joe going, yep, I do. And they started <laughs> tussling. Roman said, and Samoa Joe, uh, he took a powder, wanted out of the match. Started walking away. Roman said, come on back. Let's do this. Uh, and Samojo said, no. And Roman said, well, sorry, everybody. Didn't realize one of us Samoans was a coward. And Ooh. Joe got all mad. We got a match. This is better than their match at Backlash. This was actually, this was fantastic stuff. I loved the reason for Joe to get back in the match. This was a good commercial break reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to have that break there and then have the match. And it was a great match. What so, do you think so about we teased Joe this, again? We teased this Samoan feud between Joe and Reigns a year ago. And you I wanted was, the Samoan feud forever. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all in on it. So I got, I, I got my appetite wetted again going, oh, yes. Just a whole match of nothing but Samoan headbutts. Yes, please. Just give me that. Uh, I would love to see these two just tear each other apart. 
just absolutely go nuts because they, they kind of did this match. They kind of did this match. Like they, they, it was, it was a nice physical match. Uh, it, I thought it looked great. I had a lot of fun with this. It, all the only thing I what was a problem was, you know, Joe got Joe got beaten by Joe clean, and by that I mean Roman. Of course, Roman wins. Lol. So again, but this was just okay. He, he beat Joe. Boom. One and done. Didn't really have any relevance to any other feud. I don't think. I don't think they're doing a Roman and Joe feud right now. I'd be down if they did, but Joe just got beat clean. So it, kind of a bit of a waste. But uh, it, do you feel like, because they put Joe over strong all the time. Mm-hmm. He just never wins. He doesn't win these matches. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? But, but yeah. But, but he's, he's going to suffer the same fate of diminishing returns that Bray did. Within, mm-hmm. within five to six months of Bray Wyatt finally winning the WWE Championship at, was it Survivor Series, I believe, or Elimination Chamber? I can't remember which one. He, he, had, he, had, he lost it at Mania, and then he was Elimination done. Chamber. Yeah, Elimination Chamber, thank you. It was just around the same time that year. Um, yeah. He was gone. Poof. Uh, and then he came back and did the, the Woken thing with Matt Hart. Anyway, my point is, is that there's only so many times... You can have somebody come out, tout how much of a badass they are. Give Joe all the belts, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, it just he he he's the best man on the mic. Period in the company. Period. The uh, difference between him and Bray, though, is that he can act like a badass and act like a badass in the matches, just not win. And it's he's going to have a little bit longer of this where he can be. He's a bad man, but he just can't quite win the match at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Sudden yeah. spear, and he's down. And he did kick out right after the three. So they, I felt like they kept him looking pretty strong. But it is something that you have to look at and say, at some point, you really have to do – you really have to let Joe back up his words. Yeah, and they've been letting Roman, Roman, letting Roman lose uh, from time Roman, to time recently. Roman Reigns. So I, don't, I think this would have been a good opportunity to let Roman lose. Um, under the, the under the veil of the reuni- reunion show, give Joe a little bit of a rub. Keep but him that's hot. the thing. Mm, if you're getting all these no all these lapsed fans coming back, you want to be like, hey, this is our boy Roman. He's a winner. So no, I, I didn't expect Roman to lose this at all. Okay, that's all, a all, fair the, point. All, all the you know what I mean. So yeah, that's. Um, also, we had a segment with Natalia and Becky where Becky came out on a moment of bliss. And uh, Natalia immediately came out as soon as they mentioned Canada because, of course, they did. Right. And uh, they did not take long to get into a nice pull-apart brawl while Nikki and Alexa stood on the side and sipped their coffee at the same time. Uh, what? Any takeaways from this? Is Nikki kind of still in limbo with the whole Alexa feud? Is, is that just, just they're keeping that on the sidelines until they're ready for it? Uh, are you more excited about Natalia and Becky now? No. What are your thoughts? Oh, <laughs> Cold-blooded. Why not? Just, what, no. what, what didn't work about this for you? Uh, I don't want to regurgitate all this again about Natty because I felt bad. I felt guilty about it last week as I was doing it. And then when I listened back to the show Uh-oh. over the weekend, I was just like, oh, God, I shouldn't have buried Natty that hard. Um, listen, I, I just don't think right now she has the level of relevance uh, to what they were building around Bailey and Nikki over the last month leading up to what happened at Extreme Rules a couple weeks ago. So I, I feel like the program should have continued with Nikki and Alexa on the side. I just Natalia feels like an unnecessary insert, a la Roman Reigns or a la Charlotte Flair. Just insert it in there for no reason. No reason. And I think that's it has nothing to do with Natty. It just has everything to do with, like, there's, there's why? You had a perfect thing going 
with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss uh, coming up with some dastardly plan to get that SmackDown mm. Women's Championship off of Bailey. What what is this? Why am I? Why are we doing this now? It does feel like they don't have someone on the level of Becky right now, and yep. that's that is too bad. That being said, I felt this pull apart brawl. What made the physicality of it made me more excited for this match a bit. I'm not super excited for the for the feud or the angle, but I was like, ooh, this was because it was good, it was nice and physical, nice physical pull apart. Okay, cool. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I'll put it that way. Sure. You know what I mean? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't hurt anything. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it was a step backwards. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, what was a step backwards for everyone involved? Mike and Maria Canellis were backstage in what was supposedly the catering area. Uh, they were talking to. Let's see. Maria found uh, Mr. Canellis talking to Eve Torres, and we thought that she was going to be jealous, but no, she just wanted him to rub some lotion on her belly so she wouldn't get stretch marks because she's the breadwinner because she's the model and he's never going to amount to anything, and stalks off only for Ron Simmons to walk up, grab uh, Jimmy Mouth of the, of the South Hearts megaphone, and take a long time going, damn. That, um, was, that was amazing. Like, I want to cut that into a gif. Like the, just, just him grabbing the the bullhorn and giving that little <laughs> a little laugh that he did when he he almost corpsed <laughs> when he grabbed it and then it sounded like it was coming through a megaphone it, just amazing just damn just the way it came through the whole thing was fantastic that's that might be aside from Stone Cold that might be the thing I popped the hardest about was him doing that through the megaphone I thought it was fantastic I want to say one other thing real quick. If you're not watching what Mike Bennett is doing over on 205 Live, you're missing yeah, out. Yeah, there you go. And it is completely, yes. this horse shit that's going on on the main roster is completely undercutting the, the what Mike Bennett, I, I'm going to keep calling him Mike Bennett because Maria is the train wreck here. <laughs> Maria is going to be the thing that drags it all down. Mike Bennett is fantastic in the ring, and he cuts fantastic promos. And if you haven't yes, seen the stuff he's cut against Drake Maverick over the last couple of weeks, you're missing out. Because he's if it finally wasn't for, getting that rub. If it wasn't for the fact that everything else on 205 Live has been gangbusters recently, they would be the best thing on 205 Live. But exactly. they're really they're doing very, very good stuff. Um, Bischoff was in the scene, too. I forgot to mention that. Bischoff showed up yeah, briefly yeah. As, a, as, as a character. Anyway, yeah, this was just more painful stuff with these two. Can't wait for this whole thing to end. It's awful. Uh, Viking Raiders also squashed Hawkins and Ryder, and Christian was on commentary for it. For it. Poor Hawkins. And poor Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. They cannot catch a break. And finally, Braun Strowman. Apparently, there was rumors that he was going back to his roots. Apparently, they were true because he came out and squashed an enhancement guy named Randy Rowe this week. Who Corey and accidentally called Randy Rhodes. And the whole, we had a whole big running joke about it. Ozzy's guitarist now you, being in the WWE. <laughs> I can't understand why people are giving Corey a hard time for this. I almost called him Randy Rhodes just now. And I was reading it off the computer. Like... It, that's it's i want to say it i, I just want to say it it's just it's I'm, just too easy i'm a huge ozzy and randy randy Rhodes mark too so it's, <sighs> uh it was very yeah. easy slip up i'm sure Corey's a massive fan as well but. i'm sure i mean I, I i i know that he had to have felt like he ran the the plane into the tour bus but he didn't it's okay it's not a big deal uh that being said nick there's a lot more to talk about to do that we have to go talk about smackdown live Well, it's all set. It's all set. KO and Shane, we're going to have it. We're getting it. KO and Shane at SummerSlam. Plus, we're now also getting a match versus Roman with Shane's goons everywhere. 
Uh, what? Uh, that's what we had. That's what, I mean, that's, that's what, what we had, had on, that night, right? That's what we had on SmackDown, yes. So in order to uh, set that all of that up and give you a taste of what you've got to look forward to, we had Elias as the guest timekeeper, Shane himself as the guest uh, ring announcer, and Drew McIntyre in the black and white guest refereeing a match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, first of all, you've ha- you have Shane coming out at the top to accept Kevin Owens' challenge at SummerSlam, but then put him in a match with Roman where he's obviously stacked the odds. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only thing really to talk about here, Nick, is that Kevin Owens is absolutely getting the Austin treatment here. The way that he's blatantly you know, opposing authority, the fact that he's using the stunner, and the fact that at the end of the Roman KO match, obviously everything went to crap. They tossed Drew out the side and then all kinds of shenanigans, bunch of spears, bunch of stunners, crowd popping hard, and it's Kevin Owens kind of bumbling his, uh, his speech at the end of this, but basically doing like a Stone cold S speech where he's like, I'm going to kick his ass at SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it too on the nose? Is this too, like, you know, Vince on the, on the call today said, I don't want to go to the Attitude Era, but here we are recycling this very blatantly. Like, is, is it too blatant of a recycling of this trope? I don't know, because you'd have to look at the demographics of the audience of today, the 2019 WWE viewership. I would almost guess that we're getting to a point where we might be getting over the line where the people that watch today didn't, weren't around or didn't watch during the Attitude Era. It's only pretty much going to be the parents in the older generation, uh, such as ourselves and older, that, did, that lived through that in our teenage formative years, right? So the... I'm not sure if it matters or if they... Under- Look, if you ask somebody why they remade uh, RoboCop for like the third time, they'll say, well, we're making it for this generation because they haven't seen the old RoboCop. That's what I equate this to, is that this generation doesn't know and didn't live through the five-year period of Stone Cold. But the thing is, there's a difference between the RoboCop remake and the Total Recall remake and all the other, you know, kind of just quick cash-in remakes, and remakes that are actually good. John Carpenter's The Thing, one of my favorite movies of all time. Me too. Was a remake. So I don't have anything against remakes or rehashes as a principle. I think that if, if done correctly, you can actually find new things that are relevant to the modern era. The Hills Have Eyes remake was a great example of, of one where the original just doesn't have the punch anymore, and it redid it and had it made a great movie. Yeah. I think you can take characters in wrestling and rehash them and have them be good but new and relevant. The problem with something like Stone Cold was that it was just so intrinsically tied to him, to who he was as a performer. And with wrestlers, that actually is the case a lot, where it's so tied to them as performers that to try and recapture that lightning in a bottle is freaking impossible. No matter how many of the little trappings you throw on them, it just doesn't, it's not going to work in the same way. And unless they let Kevin Owens kind of forge his own path with this, a la Becky Lynch, where people were like, oh, she's going to become Steve Austin again, like same kind of thing. And she did her own thing. And we'll, we'll see how that ends up coming out of the oven because I think they're at a bit of a dead spot right now with her. But I, I feel like you have to let him evolve this on his own, give him some of the pieces, and then let him go his own direction. Um, because, you know, in some ways you could say that, that, that even Stone Cold was based on some aspects of the past, and he just put them all together into his own his own animal. So, but 
I worry with the amount of control that WWE exerts over its superstars these days if Kevin's going to be able to put his own stamp on this kind of thing enough. Yeah, I guess if that makes sense, it does. So, uh, and, and what they're so I, I hear your point and remaking a stone cold archetype, molding Kevin Owens into something like that with a little bit of original flair to it, would, no pun intended, would be a good thing. And I think that might be what they're trying to do. But if you give him the same finishing move, he does a lot of the same interrupting anti-authority tactics. Yeah, you're just trying to remake Stone Cold look like Kevin Owens. And it, that, there's a line there, and it, it, they haven't crossed it quite yet, but it, it's starting to feel that way. Well, he hasn't started drinking beer and, and throw, uh, flipping birds to the audience yet, so we may still have time for them to change this. Uh, one more aspect of this, though, I wanted to point out is this, because people were saying we're sick of Shane. We don't want to see any more Shane. And Kevin Owens is even saying you're giving yourself so much TV time. Is this just, we're getting the same thing. We're getting more Shane all the time. But it's, it's got a different paint job on it and a little bit of fourth wall breaking with him saying you're on TV all the time. Like, is this just, they're saying, well, yeah, we know we're putting Shane on TV too much. By the way, here's some more Shane, only now we're going to point out these on TV too much. Is that all this is? I don't know. I mean, every single person that's come through, I mean, how many times have they done this anti-authority thing? You know, they did it with The Shield. They've done it with Roman. They did it with Daniel Bryan. I mean, it's... It's not so much about what they're doing with Kevin Owens. It's just this thing that they won't let go of, that they constantly have to do over and over and over again. That's what it feels like know. to me. I, I don't, I don't fault really anything they're conflict. doing with Kevin Owens here. I think it's brilliant. I love it. Be that tweener that's neither good nor bad, just fine. But it's not anything new. They've been doing this since Stone Cold, even before that, frankly. Well, yes. Unfortunately, they're having a, an authority figure here that's not engaging the way that perhaps they want to. I personally find Shane entertaining, but I can see why a lot of people are really not into this. Yeah, the entire crowd at SmackDown chanting, you can't wrestle at the top of the show. Oh, come on. That's just, that's that's heat. They they, they used to do that to John Cena too. Uh, They they probably all bet on The Miz to win at WrestleMania too, Nick. That's the only thing I can think. Um, So, all right. (laughs) Next up, next up, Kofi Kingston. Uh, I'm sure it does. Next up, Kofi Kingston. Uh, said he was going to reveal who his opponent at SummerSlam was going to be, and then he was going to have a match with Samoa Joe. All right, cool. I'm interested. And he revealed that his opponent at SummerSlam will be none other than Randall Kenneth Kennedy Kamala Orton. Oh, hello. We kind of saw this coming. We saw we saw this uh, coming down the pike. But now that it's official, Nick, and the fact that Kofi said, yes, this is because of you derailing my career in 2009 because I beat your ass in Madison Square Garden. Beat you well, he didn't beat him, but he beat him up at Madison Square Garden. Um, and then you derailed my career, which, you know, getting into the little the backstage politics-y thing. Yeah. Uh, are, is, are you now psyched for this? Is this, like this going to be like a good feud for Kofi here? Do you feel like this is, uh, the, the logical progression? For him, I wasn't into this until Randy just absolutely destroyed him in in the promo, uh, basically saying your entire eleven year fantasy ride that you're on right now, I've gotten to where I am by being Randy Orton. Yeah, so now I didn't have some fake Jamaican accent. I wasn't wearing funny clothes. I wasn't doing crazy high flyer stuff. I was just being Randy Orton. I love that. He's the legend killer. He's he's the 14 timer. The interesting thing that I see here is we're looking at Flair with 17, Cena with 16, Randy with 14. Are we looking at another potential here where they're going to put another couple of title reigns on Randy Orton and then he gets into that echelon? 
I so, don't think Randy should win this feud. I think this, I mean, this has to be the crown jewel in, pardon the pun, in Kofi's reign here. I mean, this has to be the one where he puts the demons of his past to rest. I think that's the story here. If you give it to Randy, it undercuts that. Um, unless you're planning on giving it back to Kofi as a redemption angle. But even then, I, I don't know. Does Randy need another title? I don't think he does. I think Kofi needs this more than Randy does at this point. I, I yeah. think they need the redemption. I'm, I'm going to repeat just, what I've said already on previous episodes of this show and say I'm, uh, the, the Kofi thing is kind of wearing on me a little bit. I'm, I'm, oh, come on. I, I'm ready to move on. Oh, your attention span like a gnat. Yeah. Jesus. Or like, I don't know, the WWE Universe. <laughs> <laughs> what a was touche. that? A touche. Um, I, no, I love this. I still love Kofi's reign as champ. Um, I love the fact that the New Day was on commentary most of the night, and they were killing it while entertaining. Uh, you, had, you had Tom Phillips and, and David Otunga, who was – David Otunga made me yearn, yearn for Byron Saxton. That's how bad he was. Um, and New Day was saving the whole thing. Um, so, no, I'm still very high on New Day. I'm very high on Kofi Kingston still and i'm looking forward to this feud i think it's i think it's the logical next step for his reign new, new day so. singing sexy boy might be my favorite thing of the week by the way <laughs> they did a lot of really great stuff on yeah. commentary yeah. um we had a match that uh, i surprised the heck out of me the results ember versus charlotte uh and ember won ember moon beat charlotte not clean she gave her a roll up when becky came out and distracted her but uh, but then she beat down both Bailey and Charlotte in the middle of the ring and looked strong going into SummerSlam, which of course means she's going to lose. But that's that doesn't matter. She looked good here for a moment, and Charlotte then cut a promo backstage saying that uh, she was going to be at SummerSlam somehow. She's going to prove that she's the most Im- important woman's wrestler ever. Something along those lines. Um, that being said, two things here, Nick. One, good look for Ember. We happy about this. Like, did she need to get over on Charlotte a little bit more here, or is this okay? Uh, this is okay. okay. Get, the, get the one sneaky win in. We've been saying this about Ruby and Ember for almost a year now. Yep. It's, it, had Ruby not got hurt, I'd be saying the same thing, and hopefully she'd be getting the same kind of rub, and she'd be in this yeah. picture, and it'd be a, maybe a little bit more dynamic than, I don't know, trying to insert Natty into another SummerSlam feud. But I think that Ember and Bailey put on a good match. I'm looking forward to I that. Do, so. I do, too. I'm looking forward yeah. to that match. I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah, so th- so good. Hooray. Awesome. Number two, Trish Stratus versus Charlotte. Trish Stratus desperate. versus Charlotte is your SummerSlam match. It is official. Desperate, desperate. You call that desperate? Yeah. Aren't, aren't you I, glad? Because I, th- I thought Charlotte was going to get herself inserted into the Ember Moon Bailey match. That's what I thought we were going to see. Is it going to be and, on the and, pre-show, and I, or are we going to lose another title match to the pre-show for Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair, probably ending up in the main event? Come on, guys. That's not going to be the main event, but it's going to be a big match. They know that Charlotte is probably their most important female wrestler right now. Sorry, hate to say it, she is. And Trish is. Stratus is one of the most important women in WWE history. They're going for the nostalgia stuff these days. To me, it makes perfect sense. That's a money match. Trish Stratus, Charlotte, that is a money match. Money. And I'm not talking about money as in, like, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a technical wizardry masterpiece of a match. I think it's going to make money. People are going to want to see it. It's going, it's going to be a, a, an event. So from that standpoint, I get it. And it makes more sense than having Charlotte inserted into the Bailey and Ember Moon match. Sure. Sure. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, oh, that's, we'll leave it there. Uh, Finn Balor came out to talk about the fact that he was attacked by The Fiend last week. And uh, he basically said... 
well, I'd like to have a shot of that boy, or Bray Wyatt, whatever he is this week. And Bray showed up on the Titantron in his uh, fi- Firefly Funhouse Mr. Rogers gimmick. Yowie-wowie. Yowie-wowie. This, if this is how they're going to run this character where the fiend just attacks the crap out of people in the ring, shuts down lights, and is, is just genuinely scary, and then Bray just cuts promos in the Firefly Funhouse, I, I like this. We were saying, what are they going to do when he actually has to wrestle? Or cut promos or anything. If this is it, I'm yeah, okay, I'm cool. Does this uh, wear you down after a while though? Do we get back to uh, Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt cutting promos against each other before they ultimately joined up, going back and forth with the glass shattering on the Titans run? They're gonna have to get creative with it at some point. Yeah, I agree. But for right now, it's off to a good start. Yeah, it's off to a good I start. That's this. all I can ask. Yeah. I, I can all all I can ask is that they not screw things up week to week. The only thing that matters here. <laughs> is does this end in The Fiend versus The Demon at SummerSlam? Uh, yeah, is it Demon or Madden Finn? Because that was the thing, is that Bray said, I like you, Finn, but The Fiend doesn't. So, yes, you have a match at SummerSlam. Do we get Demon Finn versus The Fiend, or is it Man Finn getting murdered by The Fiend? I say the second, because they're still advertising too. Finn as Finn, and they always advertise The Demon these days. And Finn is taking two months off on a sabbatical hiatus. Probably going to go get married. Um, so this would be a great way to write him off as having to be murdered by the Fiend at SummerSlam. Yeah. Boom. I- I'm in. And it, and it Boom. Done. puts the hell over Bray Wyatt. You know, it just it blows him up. Well, yeah. And then you have a couple of months of Bray being able to run roughshod over everyone else. And then Finn can come back and we can have the, the Demon versus the Fiend and actually build it. Yeah. And if you're going to have the Demon take his first loss to the Fiend, then, that's, then you can give it that build that it deserves and not just try to you know hot shot it so sure anytime that they want to they want to i i pray i pray that they don't suddenly go screw it we'll do the demon right now because they think they could they could up until the night before they could suddenly spring that on us but please just i don't do that no no <laughs> wwe no bad Down. bad baby bad. sit stay <laughs> uh we had nakamura came out to face apollo cruz this was a, a fun match entertaining match more made more so of the fact that the new day made this so exciting the new day made this match exciting to me uh with them just marking out over everything it was fantastic but of course as you would expect nakamura did beat apollo cruz and then beat him down outside the ring um they're making nakamura look like a genuine contender like, making him look vicious again what do you think is their end goal for him who's he gonna face who is who what babyface is out there to face Nakamura? Ali, who cut another promo this week, like says he needs to write his name. Are they, are they building up Nakamura for the returning Ali? I, guess I think so. I, honestly, I think so. Um, I, I hadn't really put that together because we got another one of these Ali promos but this week, but yeah. that was my first thought. Either that or where the hell is Rusev? Where, where is Rusev in this whole picture, if at all? Who? Uh, exactly. Like, where has he been? So, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> the Bulgarian brute, Rusev. No, never, never no, heard of him. Never heard of him. Nope. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Short uh, attention span. Was given that. Was given the key to the city of in it, from Bulgaria, his hometown. None of that. No. Okay. No. No. Short attention span, Nick. I don't remember it's anything. Probably Ali. Like last two weeks. Yeah. It's probably last two Ali. weeks. Probably Ali. Probably Ali. Looking forward to that. Ali versus Nakamura is a match I will watch on the pre-show. We also had uh, Sonia Deville and Mandy Re- Mandy. Mandy. We're backstage and uh, well th- this segment was supposed to be them saying, "Hey, guess what? We talked to Shane and buried the iconics to him so he gave us a match next week where if we win it we get title shots." Except they let them do it live and Mandy bungled her line saying, "Next week we will get a title shot and if we win, we will get a title shot." Oops. 
This is why they script them. When everyone, when everyone who's like, why do they script the superstars? Why don't they let them to speak? This is why. I mean, Nick, it, it makes me wonder, um, should they perhaps have some place these superstars could go to actually work on getting better at promos? Some place they could go and like, I don't know, develop, um, you know, like a, like a, they can a, figure like out a, how to a center, better. a center where they could go perform yeah. and, and work on this. Yeah. Isn't there something, maybe they could do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe crazy someone idea. got called up a little bit too early um, because of certain attributes and physical really? traits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the difference between going through the territory system and learning how to cut promos and just being taught quickly. And, and but, not uh, being hired and brought to a show if you couldn't do it. Right. Right. Yeah. If you were a gorgeous <laughs> blonde. That being said, I we we tease. I, I actually have a lot of uh, I, I got a lot of love for Mandy and Sonia here. Um, I wonder if, the, however, they're just going to basically be a warm up act for Kabuki Warriors on their next few. Cause I, I feel like right now it's kind of a train. We're on the rails, and at some point the Kabuki Warriors, <laughs> I hate saying that name, are going to eventually take the titles off of the Iconics. We have to do something with the Iconics first. They've got to have some defenses, and that's what. Deville and, and Rose are here for. Yep. Is that how you feel as well? I, I agree. Uh, that That's the case. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Oh, there you go. So two things about SmackDown before we move on. Uh, two things that we heard about afterwards. One was that Bischoff, this was, his, this was Bischoff's, Eric Bischoff's first SmackDown working as the executive director. And that apparently most of the time was spent working with the creative guys. We thought Bischoff was just going to be business. And here he was doing most of his work with creative. That being said... Vince didn't like the script and came in at 4 p.m., 4 p.m. before this show and rewrote the whole show. Oh, man. <laughs> Why is he even what, there? Uh, I bet he lost his mind, probably privately in a room by himself. But I, that's, that is mind-numbing, especially yeah. when you work at that kind of an executive level. And I, I know this from experience, too. But, I mean, you, you get somebody that just comes in and overrides everything you do and micromanages everything. It's, it's the most mind-numbing, just mind-boggling thing. It drives you insane. It's yeah. no, confidence, no confidence, no trust, no belief in your abilities. Why is he there? Why are you paying him probably in excess of half a million dollars a year? You know, that what being is said, we don't, we don't know if Bischoff delivered a script that he had worked on and Vince just nixed it or if Bischoff was there because everyone did sound a lot more breezy on the show. They did sound a lot more natural for the most part. I think there were some little tweaks to the format allowing New Day to be on commentary, not just for one match, but for whole segments at a time because Corey, uh, Byron Saxton was out because his father passed or father passed away? Father, father passed away. Yeah. Uh, condolences, Byron. Yeah. And Corey was out. I don't know, but Shoot we didn't see Carmella. He was on we didn't see Car- Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. We didn't see Carmella either, so I was just I just figured. Um, and uh, so that so there's a lot of aspects of the show, like little creative tweaks that I liked a lot. So we don't have any evidence that it was like Bischoff delivered a script and Vince just micromanaged him. But that being said, just just two little factors I thought were were interesting. Yeah. Were interesting. Vince is still rewriting shows at the last minute, and Bischoff is working with creative. And not just with business. So, yes. very interesting. But lots of other interesting things to talk about, Nick. We, don't, we can't dawdle. We got to go talk about the wide world of wrestling. Wow. 
Well, hold on to your butts, folks. we got a lot to cover here in the wide world of wrestling. Starting, as we always do with NXT, the breakout tournament continues into mm. the next round. We, mm. uh, we got the reemergence of Garza Dong. Oh. <laughs> reemergence. Oh, God. Uh, this week, sisters, Jordan Miles in the wives. second round of the breakout tournament. Jordan Miles faced off against Angel Garza. Garza. Hello. Hello. Garza. I'm here to, here. Here to date I'm, your sister. I'm here for your women. And your tortillas. Yes. I've come a long, uh, yeah, come a men, long way. Men should long. not have wrestling trunks cut that high. Sorry. It's, it's just, it's, oh, it's, it makes you just not uh, Nicholas, look at it. Nicholas, perhaps you are not aware, but they are not cut this way. They just fell off this way. I right. put them on. This is how they fit. <laughs> they want to be this way. It's not, they have no choice. Uh, we got Irish and Scottish, and apparently now we have uh, Latino. So congratulations. Hello. This is not Latino. This is Garza. This is Garza. Only, only Garza. <laughs> only Garza may speak this way. Yes. Hello, ladies. Uh, look, did we see anything stand out from these guys that we didn't already know from the first round? Um, no, they're both, they're both awesome. They're both fantastic. <laughs> yes. They're both awesome. Uh, this, was, this was a ton of fun. Um, both, both these guys are superstars, man. Uh, Jesus. Like, the, uh, not, this was... This might have been my favorite match of the tournament so far. And I say that at every match, but <laughs> this was another great match. I can't wait to see where these guys go. Um, yeah, that's it. I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, I liked how they also uh, sort of smoothly transitioned after uh, Miles did win ACH. I'm telling you, ACH going all the way. Jordan Miles picked up the win here, going to the finals. Shane Thorne came out and said, why are we even having this tournament when they already have me, Shane Thorne, Newly repackaged from the mighty. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Shane Thorne's back. Curious what they're going to do with him because I'm not seeing a whole lot of holes in the landscape of NXT right now for him to fit into. Yeah. So, curious to see what they do with him. Bianca Belair pretty much all but squashed Zia Lee and looked like an absolute beast doing it. Did a handspring... What, what even though with the handspring? It, was a, it was a vertical flip. press leading to like a suplex or something, and then she just started doing squats with her in a vertical press. Well, that too. Yeah, she had Good a bunch Lord. of huge, she, like strength spots, agility spots. She's monstrous, another monster. Um, is it fair though to have squashed Zia Lee at this point, or is it that Zia Lee is established enough that that Bianca looks that much stronger for having squashed her? Where are you at with with? how dominant Bianca Belair was in this match. I think there's a certain accountability of people having to keep up with all the goings-on of w- or of uh, NXT at this point. So if you had not seen it, Xia Lee was one of the top performers from the NXT Combine a f- couple of m- month ago, a few weeks ago. She was one of the strongest there. She outlifted Bianca Belair. So yes, if you're following along, if you're keeping up with scores... I think it was maybe they should have done a better job setting it up on commentary. Maybe it was a post combine match, but it it might have as, as they pre-record a lot of NXT shows. This feels like it might have come out right after the combine. So having these two in a match, I think they could have done a better job on commentary of setting something like that up to give it some kind of weight. Uh, but it could be Bianca Belair, Belair getting one back from where what she lost in the combine competition. Sure. I don't know. I'm shooting there, yeah. but it's who knows. Who knows? Either way, I like it. I like Bianca looking strong. I think she's another one who's she needs to be facing Becky, frankly. Um, Mia Yim looking smart going into her feud with Shayna Baszler. She attacked another one of Shayna's buddies backstage, took out Jessamine Duke at the lockers. Got a little bit of like dokes from Dexter of this man. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. <laughs> she jumped out from behind a locker, slammed her with a locker door. Good stuff. I like that Mia's looking like a smart, vicious baby face facing off against Shayna. That's a great build for it. Um, probably the best segment, segment, not rent match, but best segment of the night, Velveteen Dream coming out looking like a million bucks, telling Roderick Strong he just doesn't have what it takes to be in the ring with the Velveteen Dream. Uh, doesn't have the presence per, per se, Nick, and I think you'd agree with that. Yeah. Not I, I still want to cr- see him get pushed out, laid out on a couch every week. I just I, <laughs> that just, just needs to be his couch. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, you're you're not a fan of the charismatic uh, aspects of Roderick Strong's wrestling game. Uh, so Velveteen Dream pointed that out for you. Yep. But then, uh, but then, right as they were about to get into it, who should come out? But Pete Dunne. I popped hard. Pete Dunne. I I I kind of lost my shit. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I actually, a, I popped harder than I did for most of the nostalgia segments on Monday Night Raw. I, I'm not, yeah, I was really happy with this too. Given the history between Dream and, and Dunn as well, to get a Velveteen Dream and Pete Strong Dunn, and Pete and Dunn. Roderick Strong triple threat match for the North American Championship at Takeover Toronto. Huh? <laughs> Take my money. Take all of my money. It looks like Pete Dunn is back for good on NXT. Very psyched about that. Uh, Io Shirai was having a match with Casey Catanzaro. It was very quickly interrupted by Candice LeRae. We had a quick beat down, pull apart. I thought this was rushed, Nick. Uh, do we yeah. need more of this kind of build, or is, are they building this a little bit too quickly for you? Um, well, first comment on, they, they seem to be making Io's Tron and entrance a little bit more longer drawn out and grandiose. A lot of it was in Japanese, and then it was like, it would, it would blur and come back up. I loved it. I liked that. Continue with the dark you know, aura around Io Shirai. Just murder, death, kill Io Shirai, I'm all in on. The, the Candice LeRae thing feels, uh, you know, I think I said last week, was it last week's episode? I, that was supposed to be Kyrie Sane. It, yeah. It feels like it still should be. And I think that's what's making it <laughs> awkward. She ain't um, doing much. We'll bring her back down. <laughs> bring her back down. Why not? Exactly. Uh, well, but I, I love Candace, though. Oscar, you, mm. you sons of... There's someone Becky could be feuding with and should be feuding with. Not right. Natalia. <laughs> Triggered. All right, Nick, we're, we're getting away from this. Let's get back and talk about the match that you and I both were looking forward to since last week. Damian Priest versus Keith oh. Lee. Put it in my eye holes. So good. <laughs> Inject it straight into my veins. For the record, for awesome. those listening on audio, that was me slapping my arm. I promise. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, this match was amazing. Uh, I unfortunately was dying to hear Damian Priest come out and cut a promo just so we yeah. could hear that voice. Yeah. Oh. Keith Lee. Yes, Keith Lee, I'm here to uh, swallow your soul. <laughs> God. I don't care how big you are. Um, yeah, no, but this, but this match was awesome. Basically, two big boys. They were so both these guys are so big that big ass six foot six, six foot seven. Damian Priest was like the little guy in this match, and he had to act like the little guy. And crazy, he crazy suplexed spots. Keith Lee. <laughs> Keith Beating Lee's four hundred pounds. Well, dude, Damian Priest did a did a topic on Hilo, and Keith Lee caught him. Yeah. It, he like he was him. a little luchador. He's a child. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This was fantastic. Uh, wonderful match. Go check it out. But Keith Lee did lose. What is, the, what is the end game for Keith Lee 
like, oh, I, I, I didn't really do what I want to do my first year, and I'm on a, he's on a losing streak. What's the end game here? Like a, a redemption angle? Is he going to turn heel? What's the idea with Keith Lee here? Nope. I think he gets it back with Dijak. I think we're sitting around waiting. We're, we're treading water for Dijak to get back because that he's Keith, back at house shows. I know Dijak's that Keith Lee Dijak element. There was, an, there was some uncertainty about those two's health there for a while. Dijak had to go heal up. Keith was out for a couple of weeks, but those two getting back, resuming that feud, firing that thing back up, all in. Yep. All in. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm, I'm loving the stuff that we're seeing for the future of NXT here with, with, with Pete Dunne coming over here likely permanently until they call him up which i don't think will be too long he's no. he's been rumored to go to the main roster for a while um io shirai now heel i'm loving i'm loving the fact that's the case bianca belair looking really strong they're doing a lot of things on nxt to set up for the next phase and i'm liking it but this current phase it's still going and it looks like the kind of the climax of one of the major angles will be johnny gargano and adam cole in a best of three falls match again, except this time there's stipulations, and they picked their stipulations this week. Johnny Gargano, for his fall, wants it to be a street fight because he's so good at street fights. And uh, Adam Cole wanted just to have a straight up wrestling match, which makes sense because he's beaten Johnny in a wrestling match. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, we plus, all, of course, know throw, that are going so to I'm, three. I'm wondering of the implications of Champions Advantage if you're in a two out of three falls with these kinds of stipulations like this. Well, this is what's dumb is that Johnny picks a street fight. That's the whole undisputed era. You know, they're going to be there. They have a match with Street Profits. Yeah. And Roderick Strong's got a match with Velveteen Dream. Like, they're all going to be there. They're all going to be able to come out and beat you up like they did last time. What do you think? Another, another dumb babyface move right here, Johnny. Come on. You're supposed to be Johnny Wrestling. You should right. be better than this. You're Johnny Takeover. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, anyway, I, prefer, uh, I, I was a little bit put off Johnny by the Hill. wrestling match until I really thought about how smart and clever it really was because you throw things back into the dynamics of the match like countouts, champion's advantage, uh, all of that stuff. So I, I, the more I thought about it, I went, okay, that's, that's pretty slick. I see what he did there. It took me a minute, though. Yeah, I... I'm curious to see where this goes. I think it's going to be another amazing freaking match. I just want to know what Regal stipulation will be when they finally get to that third fall. Right. Because you know they will. Of course they will. They will. Uh, Nick, we got to go and talk about 205 Live. But before we do, really quickly, we did kind of screw up. I, I jumped the gun and we missed a segment on SmackDown. I oh. want to touch on it really quickly. Uh, Dolph and Shawn Michaels on Miz TV. Oh, oh yeah. We totally, uh, totally. We, we just completely breezed over that. Quick SmackDown. Back to SmackDown real quick, Nick. Over on SmackDown, yes, Shawn Michaels was being interviewed on Miz TV. Dolph Ziggler came out to confront them. And I thought this was fantastic. Some people didn't. I love the fact that Shawn just got right in Dolph's face and said, you're a second-rate Shawn Michaels, and that's been your entire career. You've never done nothing. And uh, Miz got in Dolph's face afterwards and said, do something. And Dolph wouldn't. Do something. We're Dolph tired wouldn't. of hearing you talk. We're tired of saying it should have been you. Yep. Do something. Yep. Do something. And this was, uh, to me, I was sitting here going, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Fa yes. Uh, face Miz is amazing, by the way. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm really, I love it. as much as I loved Heel Miz as that Intercontinental Champion run, I am really digging Face Miz. Uh, yeah, absolutely. When he's given a chance like this um, to be a little aggressive, get in people's faces. Uh, so, yeah. So then, let's see. Ziggler went to hit Michaels, ended up knocking out Miz. Uh, Sean then, well, how did it work? Ziggler tried to kick Michaels. Anyway, it all ended up with all the, Michaels laid out, Miz staring down Dolph, Dolph checking his jogging up the ramp. Are we seeing a triple threat here? 
Or is this just going to be Miz and 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 Ziggler again? Which I'm fine with. I like Miz Ziggler feuds. But me too. But I'm I'm more curious. Is is Shawn Michaels getting back in the ring? If it was Shawn Michaels, Miz, and Ziggler in a triple threat, you have my attention. Yeah. I I, I it's been rumored really he's don't... wanting he's wanting to wrestle again. Well, because he feels like he embarrassed himself in Australia and Saudi Arabia, which he did, and he which he mentioned in this segment when they kind of started breaking down the fourth wall that they that he felt like he let himself down and let the fans down. Uh, which he did. I feel let down, Sean. Sorry. But so if he can get back and redeem himself and he can do it with these guys, do it. Prove it. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Make it so. Make it so. All right, Nick, moving on to 205 Live. We mentioned this week it's a great episode. Uh, not not you got three really good things this week. Drake Maverick is gonna is stepping down as GM of 205 Live, and his last act is to make his match with Mike Kanellis next week, an unsanctioned match mm. where he'll be facing off against John Moxley and Joey Janet. Never mind, sorry. No, an unsanctioned match on 205 Live versus Mike Kanellis. That'll be happening next week. Should be fun. Yeah. Uh, we also had Humberto Carrillo and Raul Mendoza. Hello. Raul Mendoza, the guy we've been talking about on NXT being amazing. He got called up. He's teaming with Humberto Carrillo. They had a match against Lucha House Party, represented by Grand Metalik and Kalisto. It was hot fire. It was just like a little little taste of what these guys can do, luchador-wise. Carrillo and uh, Mendoza was a tag team I never knew I needed. Mm, it they, was they so good. Carrillo's debut was with Mendoza back in NXT. Right. His first match was, mm. a, it was a tag with, with Mendoza. So, yeah, give me more of this. I love me some lucha. All these guys are top level. Yeah. Uh, you had Oni Lorcan murder poor Tony Isner. Yeah, we're going to need to press attempted murder charges on Oni Lorcan here. Jesus Christ. Yes. He, yes. he nearly took his head off with those corner uppercuts. Holy smokes. If you guys yeah. have not watched 205 Live the last couple of weeks, this, this Oni Lorcan's been on a tear. He's and a murderer. And he, that's, is, that's great. he was just absolute ruthless this week. Keeping our boy, boy looking strong. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you finally, we had Drew Gulak versus a debuting Isaiah Swerve Scott. Kill, Kill shot. shot. Kill shot. Uh, Shane Strickland. He is now officially on 205 Live. We were worried when he lost in the first round of the breakout tournament. But as, as we suspected, he's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. He got video uh, packages. He's got all kinds of stuff going for him already. He, he, yes. Hot. Strap the rockets to Shane Strickland. Sorry, uh, and he may Isaiah have Scott. lost... <laughs> he Can't may have lost straight. to Gulak here, but they did sell it like you know, student versus his teacher. So he's got he's going to have like a nice little build for this. Uh, we were wondering who they were going to have to face Gulak. You've got Chad Gable. You've got Swerve Scott. There's rumors that Daniel Bryan might be heading to 205 Live. We thought 205 Live was dying. They may have some plans for 205 Live. I think the show so. itself might get absorbed, but the cruiserweight division's not going anywhere. <laughs> I think that having that absorbed into the main show, especially when they split off to Fox, could yeah. be a really good thing. And that was rumored to be one of the things that Heyman and Bischoff both are in agreement on. So I, well, the, I, I am not, I'm not opposed to that at all. I give them some more limelight. Let's have some actual crew. Let's have another title uh, back into the main event picture. I'm, I'm all down yeah. for that. That's not well, the European also, Championship. As we said, they might do like a live show opposite of AEW. And that might be with Daniel Bryan and the Cruiserweight division and a bunch of NXT guys. So they might have plans for that mm. coming mm, up. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Nick, 
the G1. I'm a couple days behind. New Japan. I'm a couple days New behind. Japan. This is all spoilery okay. for me, by the way. So, okay. I, but I'm I'm riding it with you guys. Uh, Sorry, but I'm up through like July 15th, 16th, maybe. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal here, Nick. I okay. won't give you the results of matches. I'll just tell you what the point standings are, well, and I'll just tell you some it. of the because <laughs> I know what the matches are. <laughs> All right. Well, just do it. Just, let's just it do won't our be thing. Too, it won't be too specific, but suffice it to say, there have been some more fantastic matches. And there have uh, some some of the best of the tournament so far. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because overall this tournament, I don't feel like we've had as many really, really good matches, but we've had very few bad matches. They've all been really solid. And some of them actually, for the most part, have been really good. But we've only ever, I think we've only had like one or two just absolutely mind-blowing, mind-blowing matches so far. And both of them happened in this last week of the shows. On night five, we had Ibushi versus Osprey, mm. which was lights Lights out on, um, let's see, on night six, we finally had Tomohiro Ishii versus John Moxley. And I posted this in the Facebook discussion group uh, just because people needed to see it. This is John Moxley. This is Dean Ambrose's best match I've ever seen him have. Full stop. Full stop. And they were in the, was it the so uh, Kurokin uh, Gymnasium? Is that where this one was? But it was a smaller Kuroken, Kuroken venue. Kurokin Hall. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but so very. They were out in the history. crowd, but it, yeah, exactly. Huge history with it, but it's a smaller venue, so they were out in the crowd throwing each other around. Amazing, amazing match between these two. Yeah, I, 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 I could watch this over and over and over again. The next night on night seven, the main event was Okada versus Osprey, oh. which is great history there to start with. But then they just put on an absolute clinic. This was lights out. Uh, Meltzer gave it five point seven five stars. I don't think it's that good. It's not that good. You're, you're talking Omega Okada territory there, man. Some of their sequences, though, were on that level. I will absolutely say that. Obviously, it's, you know, his rating system is completely subjective. You can think what you can think. But if he says it's good, it's probably a good match. Um, it was a good match. It was a freaking amazing match. The, some of the stuff these guys were doing, uh, the story that was told there, kind of Okada being the cocky older brother and Osprey just needing to finally step out of his shadow it was awesome. And, and, and then this one, finally, Okada had to get serious with Osprey because Osprey finally was able to take him there. They protected Osprey's finisher, um, the, uh, the Stormbreaker. Mm -hmm. He did not hit that on Okada, so they protected that. This was an absolutely outstanding match. Definitely one of the ones you have to watch of the G1 this year. And then also, last night, Ishii versus Naito. <sighs> another, another great match. So, really good stuff so far. Currently in A block. Tied at the top, Kenta and Kazuchika Okada. They're running Everyone away with it. Running away with it. It's going to be between one of those two guys. It's going to be Okada. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, everyone else is, let's see, Lance Archer, Evil, Tanahashi, Abushi. They're all at four. Osprey, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., and Fale all with two. So A block is pretty much going to be Kenta or Okada at this point, barring some major thing happening. Uh, B block. Right now, looks like John Moxley's running away with it with eight points. Has not lost yet. Juice Robinson's only one, only lost once. He has six points, and then everyone else is down with four: Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, Toru Yano, Taichi, and Tetsuya Naito. With Jeff, Jeff Cobb, Hiroki Goto, and Jay White all following up at the end with only two points. I guess the G1 does not stand for Goto One, uh, Hiroki Goto. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> 
Once again, you're here to eat pins. All right, so obvious but, uh, question. Is this going to end up in Okada versus Moxley in your eyes? I mean, we're a little past the halfway point here. Um, we're getting into the back half of the crazy. This is so the next couple of weeks are going to be frock with uh, fantasy booking and bracketology. Uh, yeah. But A block is so run away from, there's not even much to discuss there. B block is interesting, though, because has Juice faced any of the uh, more harder matches matchups at this point? Is that how uh, he's gotten to six points? Because I don't feel I haven't gotten the impression from Juice that he's had that big of a tournament. Let's see. I'm consulting my notes. Okay. Um, so so far, uh, Juice has Juice has faced. He hasn't faced Moxley yet. He has not faced Ishii. I don't believe. Right. Uh, he he's has not faced Naito. Yeah, he's got an uphill battle here. Yeah, he's so he he's got six White. points, and it's nice to see him in second place right behind Moxley. Them being in the final of B Block is also very interesting, based given their history around the U.S. T- championship. But he hasn't had like the big three or four matches yet. He's had, I don't want to say the easy ones, but he's he hasn't had the uh, the big matchups yet. So with yeah. Moxley, Ishii, and Moxley, Naito. He's got a, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and White. So he's still got a, he's got a big hill to climb still. Um, whereas Naito still has to face Jeff Cobb, who will lay down for him. He has to face Juice. Um, he's got to face... Well, Shingo's going to be tough for him, but I think Shingo will lay down for the leader of LIJ. I don't think they're going to create something there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, right now, it's uh, honestly right now, Okada versus Moxley, Okada wins. That's my prediction right now. And, and he I know it's the obvious Wrestle Kingdom. I know it's the obvious look for it right now. This might be a year where it's just a simple G1. There's not a whole lot of crazy bracketology at the end. It just might be that way. Damn it. I hate to say it. Well, that's, that's fine with me. They could be really exciting um, if that is the case. I, I, I don't know how much... I mean, as good as Okada is, and as long as he's been up there, I just don't know how much more I can hear, Rainmaker! <laughs> it's, just, it's starting to like... I hear it in my sleep now. When you're that damn good, right. I just don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> All right, man. Well... Uh, as we get into this weekend, we get into some more G1. Definitely be checking those out. But it is now time for us to get into our listener questions. Yes. Oh, listener we love this part questions. Of this show. Guys, so if you would like to get yes. in on this, the way you get your, your question answered right here on the show every single week, sign up for that $5 tier over at patreon.com slash BWO. We get you a question post in every single week and answer them right here on the show. Starting mm. off this week with Joshua. Reports are com- reporters. Reports came out this past week about WWE using main roster stars on NXT to rival AEW programming this fall. Would this be a worse thing to happen for AEW or NXT? Since I'm guessing Vince would involve himself more in main roster stars if main roster stars were working the show. Yeah, I guess we just mentioned this. Um, one of the main roster stars that's rumored to be on NXT is going to be Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Or, or the, the new show that they put. This, this is the thing. It may just be a whole different show. We may still have NXT, which is Triple H's little baby over here, and it just may be a whole different show on FS1. So they may, be still, like, they may call it something completely different, too. You know what I mean? It might just be a completely brand new show, and it just might be a third brand. Yeah, my hunch so, is that it, they're going to not absorb cruiserweight stuff into the main roster. It's going to be into NXT. And I think absorbing that talent back into NXT could make for a much more interesting show to take to FS1. 
Well, and one thing that's been speculated for a while because there has been a bit of a divide between the upper echelon NXT talent who are all indie stars and the developmental people is why not have an NXT show that's primarily developmental and sure. another show that's primarily these indie stars that just aren't ready for main roster or, or smaller or whatever. They're not Vince's typical guys. Yeah. So if that's the case, if that's what they want to do, Honestly, I don't think it's going to be bad for NXT if they do create two different shows. If they create one show, I, I could see there being issues because the current product on NXT is so freaking good. It would be a waste to have Vince meddling with it, um, if he even does, unless he just trusts Triple H to run it. Lots of variables here. But um, if it is a whole new show, I think we as the fans win because then we have both AEW and this new show coming out and in this era it's not like if you don't watch it you miss it or you have to record it on a VHS tape it, you know going back to Monday Night Wars um, it was VHS trust me I still have a ton of my closet um, it's it's more like okay we watch one and then we DVR the other one or, or it's going to come out on Hulu we watch it another time it's just that much more good wrestling is going to be out there yeah yep. so if they're, if they're as far as ratings are concerned because that still will be an issue um, I'm I think TNT, last time I checked, is in more houses than FS1. True. Throwing that out there. True, true. I don't know how much of a threat it will be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Vince would get into meddling much with NXT at this point. I think he's, it's, an, it's barely enough for him to be able to be a part of the main roster shows. I think him being a part of NXT is out of the realm of possibility in my eyes. Thank you very mm. much, Joshua, for the question. Next up, we got Eric. Did the WWE miss a huge opportunity to turn Roman heel? At the Raw reunion show on Monday. <laughs> no. Roman ain't going heel. Roman ain't going heel. He just came back from leukemia. Yeah. He's, he's right now, he's, he's as over as he's ever been. This is, this is what Vince has wanted for years, is Roman to be this over. Oh, there's no way. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. He's, not, he's not going heel. Sorry, Eric. He's not going, he's not going heel, and I, and I don't think it was an opportunity to. I, I think that the time to make Roman heel has passed. I think right now he has so much equity uh, going right now, and so much goodwill behind him, um, and there's and there's so many positive. You know, WWE loves its um, uh, it, it, uh, to go out there and 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 show to everybody uh, how how much it cares about people who have cancer and 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 women who have breast cancer and and all the other all the other stuff that it does. This is the, an opportunity, like it was just gifted to them to yeah. have Roman Reigns, one of their number one guys, now be like, I'm one of you. And I'm going to go out there and do all these wonderful things. Yeah. Now, there's no way they're turning him heel right now. It's, it's like Cena with the Make-A-Wish. Like you, you can't turn him heel. <laughs> right. Exactly. You just can't. Yeah. No. Sorry, Eric. If that's what you wanted, not going to happen. No. Next up, we had Andy. Mr. Andy. After years of self-congratulations and back padding and first ever women's this, that, and the other, what has happened to the women's division since Mania? The tag side is a joke. The SD Championship has been a sideshow to another story. No one on Raw is on Becky's level, and she's not the same since the Rumble. I agree with that, and we mm. know why. <clears throat> and only Charlotte is the biggest star. How and why did they let this deteriorate so fast? <sighs> Andy, you were joking about a bonus episode in chat. You just wrote one. <laughs> that, what that's a whole show right there i i think I, uh, honestly i think that andy's being a bit more negative about the women's division than i actually feel like it is i i feel like they're actually doing a lot of stuff with it right now um the alexa nikki stuff is kind of sidelined this week but i feel like there's there's good stuff there uh the salient point here is that there's no one really on raw 
that's on Becky's level. And they haven't really done a good job of building up other women uh, to be as big as the horsewomen, specifically Charlotte and Becky. Sasha's gone. Bailey, they haven't done a good job of establishing what she is uh, anymore. And as, as he says, like she was a bit of a sideshow to the Alexa and Nikki thing. Um, that being said, I mean, this is nowhere near as bad as the tag division was before Mania. This is nowhere near as the women's, bad as, as the women's division has been in the past. This is actually, they're actually doing fairly well for WWE with these things. Could they be doing better? Absolutely. But I don't think that it's, it's doom and gloom yet. I think that there's just, there's some, there's some tweaks that they need to make, but they're, they're tweaks that we can see how they could do it. Um, theoretically. And fix it. There's, it's not, we're not sitting here going, oh my God, how do they get themselves out of this one? It's things where we can point and say, okay, well, maybe you could, you know, have this, you could have a, a bring some more women who you feel like they're on the level of Charlotte and Bailey. Like, I don't know, get Oscar out of a tag team and put her back in the, in the main picture. Um, call up someone who's call up like Shayna from NXT to make her, you know, she feels like a big deal. Things like that. Like we, we can see how they could change it. Um, I think having Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville going for the tag titles is a good way to make the tag titles relevant again. And then, you know, so I think that there are things, the demonstrable things they can do that will lead to a better division, but I don't think it's it's that bad yet. I'm going to give Will James a bonus because he is a patron. I'm going to give him a bonus question here because he asked it in chat and I think it's relevant to a, as a follow-up. Are we ready as an audience to admit that Ronda Rousey was a great talent for the women's division. I said it like a week or two ago. Yes, absolutely. That was. I, I think that historically we have to look at her one year as being probably one of the most incredible rookie years in wrestling. It's yep. absolutely, it's mind-boggling to me. As much as people ragged on her for some of her promos, um, for being a little bit green, she was a freaking rookie. And the things she was able to pull off as a rookie are mind-boggling to me, having watched how many people come through. We talked earlier about, oh, Mandy Rose bungled the line. How long did she spend in developmental? How long did she spend learning how to wrestle? Ronda came in and did it just like that. Oh, so she had, yeah, She had tough enough and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, she had plenty she, of time. Tons of time. And, and Ronda came in right off the bat and was as good as she was, and she immediately felt legitimate. You could put her against anybody, and she felt like a bigger deal. They are missing something like that right now in that women's division. Big time. Absolutely. Absolutely will. Yes. I, I, I still blame this one right over here for screwing up the whole Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch feud at Survivor Series. She needs, she needs to come back and face Becky because that would be a, that would be a, a legit feud. Sure. Sure. Let's, let's, let's pick up where we left off with that. Uh, thanks, Will, for the follow-up. Thanks, Andy, for the question. Uh, next up, Esme Standin Bear. Quick, quick, but, but Nick, Nick, yep, I'm yep. sorry. Oh, I oh. mean, Naya, Naya needs to come back and feud with Becky. I, I agreed with that. Okay, I thought you were. Okay, make it sure. Because there's nothing comes else to, going on on the Raw when it comes to, right now. When it, when it comes to Naya things, I have to make sure that you're not like, oh, yeah, Ronda should totally come back. If she comes out with a Braun Strowman medallion, I'll, I'll be even that. With a big chain, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. She watches? Yay. What? She watches. If oh, she comes out with a Braun Strowman medallion, oh, you'll know. You. It took me a second. She's a, fan of, she's a fan of yours, just like uh, you're a fan of hers. Uh, uh, right. What? Uh, Andy, thank you for the question. Next up, Andy, Esme Stand-In Bear. What's your take on the rumor that NXT would be moved to Fox Sports 1 on Wednesdays and merging with 205 Live to create a sort of super brand, keeping in mind that NXT is a developmental division? Do you think they are ready to go ahead to he go head to head with AEW? I'm assuming she means on Wednesday nights. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The last question first. Yes, they're absolutely. They're they were they were born ready. They're they're. This is how they got to the modern era by going head to head with people. So they're they're absolutely ready to go head to head with them. It's just a matter of what that show is going to be. I think we said that earlier with with uh, Joshua's question was, you know, just a matter of what kind of show will it be? Are they going to take the current NXT show and just put that on FS1 only live with the 205 Live guys and a couple of like big stars? Or are they going to make a whole new show? Whatever it is, um, I absolutely think that they're going to put something opposite AEW and they're going to stack it. Yeah, They're going to stack it and they're going to make it for the hardcore audience specifically. So they're going to basically go for exactly the kind of people that would want to watch AEW and they're going to say, oh, you like AEW? Well, we know you also like all these indie stars and your NXT wrestling and your Daniel Bryan. How about that? What's you going to do? So, I mean, it makes business sense to me. And it's, uh, it's some, that's, some, that's some cold-blooded business right there. And uh, I look forward to watching both shows. I'm going to take a different approach <laughs> on this. I'm not ready to pit them against each other yet. We are spoiled for choice. We get to watch both. I'm not ready to sit here and go, Sky Cake! Or Sky Pie. You know, I'm not ready to make that yet. I, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of all of it. And I think that's the attitude that we should all take rather than this kind of head-to-head kind of approach. It makes for good good chatter over beers, things like that, things on podcasts, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, damn right I'm going to be watching both of them because sure, I love but the, it. But what will you watch live? And that's the question. That's the one that gets the ratings. AEW. Okay. Well, what because if they come out and they're NXT's and they're not, on the and, network? Assuming they stay on the network, if they go to Fox but if Sports they're live, one, uh, that that makes no. that decision a little bit trickier. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. they're live, like that's what they're saying is like they're going to force you to choose between the whatever NXT. Let's call it NXT right now for NXT Live. We'll call it NXT Live. Yep. They're going to make you choose. Are you going to watch NXT Live or are you going to watch AEW? Am I going to watch Fox or sorry? Am I going to watch TNT or am I going to watch FS1? Probably TNT. Probably AEW. All right. Jungle Boy versus MJF, or are you going to watch Damian Priest versus Keith Lee? God, don't do that to me. I'm telling. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's man. like they're, this is exactly my point, Nick. Is they're going? This is the kind of stuff they're going to do to you. I'm not ready they're, for this, this is yet. Exactly what they're going to do to you. We, I've got two months to figure out how to get my head around this. Damn Jungle it. Boy versus MJF. That'll put butts in seats. <laughs> as long as Luchasaurus is there. Of course, naturally. A boy always has to have his dinosaur. He has a master's degree, you know. Esme, thank you very much for the question. That's a good one. Good conversation to have. Next up, Will, your real question, Will. Uh, Should I be as surprised as I am that Moxley and Kenta are undefeated as new arrivals and with Mox being part-time only? And could this all just be to put Okada or whoever beats them over that much more? And does that still bury some of the longtime talent that they're ultimately beating? The, the great thing about New Japan is is that it's it's really hard to ever say someone is buried if they get beaten once. Yeah. Um, like Goto right now is not looking good because he just has not won a lot. But at the same time, Goto's are always a threat. Jay White hasn't won, but he's always a threat. He's won one, but you know what I mean. Um, and that's kind of what I think is happening here, as sure. far as you know, if Okada beats Moxley or Kenta going out of this, which I think he will, frankly. Um, I don't think it makes everyone else look, look less. It does make Okada look that much better, but it's a, it's freaking Okada. <laughs> the guy didn't lose for like two years, you know. So it's it's that's that's what they've built Okada to be. He's the monster, 
He's the Brock Lesnar of New Japan that actually shows up and wrestles. Wow, um, that's a good way so, to put it. Damn. Okay. A little bit. I mean, that's not apples to apples, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they they that's what they've made him out. He they've made him out to be the best, the best. And to beat him, you've got to be on your best night and just god tier in every way. I'll so, put it this way: I haven't seen a bad match yet. I've watched every match up to the the night with Ishii and Mox and. And then Osprey and Okada. That's where well, I'm you haven't, at. You I haven't, haven't seen watched, a bad match yet. Well, you haven't watched Goto versus Taichi yet, so no, I haven't wait. watched that one. Just wait. Also, I thought Juice versus Cobb was kind of meh, but uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Um, the, the other question he asked was um, Kenta and Mox being this strong. Is that surprising? Kenta being this strong? No, uh, that's not surprising to me because he's a legend in Japan. So. He's got such cachet from Dragon Gate and Noah that that makes complete sense that they would have him be this strong, especially if he's committed now to New Japan. Um, and a lot of the hardcore old school New Japan audience is going to hate him right off the bat. And you look at his stuff with Tanahashi, we're going to see Kenta Tanahashi. Uh, that, that is a story I looked at and went, they're going to tell that story yeah. for the rest of the year. Like that's, I'm, I'm actually going to say right now, probably Kenta Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Wow. Gonna throw that. I'm. I'm just gonna pitch that out there right now. Quite All right. I'll, I'm gonna take you one step further. Then, since you're already calling your shot, and Okada's gonna win the G1, who's he picking to face it for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, Naito. He loses. Naito gets both belts and finally redeems himself. And boom, big story. Wow. That just blow, that just blow your mind, there, buddy. Yeah, in several <laughs> different meta kind of ways. Just wow. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's, that would be one story I could see being really cool going into Wrestle Kingdom, but, uh, Moxley, I am surprised Moxley's winning as much as he is. Me I'm too. very surprised by that. It shows how much of a big star they consider him to be. And frankly, rightfully so. He's the guy who's bringing in a ton of new subscribers and a ton of new views to new Japan. He has, I'll say it again. I've said it every week. He has by far and away the most watched clip on new Japan's YouTube page. Far and away the most watched clip. So they know he's a huge star. Here's the thing. He can also pull off feeling like he can come in and beat these guys who we've established in New Japan are hard-ass dudes. He, the match with Ishii, he showed he can go toe-to-toe with a guy who is as hard as Ishii is. Frankly, I think he's, he, they have put their they, they put the title on him the first night. New Japan was all in on Moxie from the beginning. So I'm a little surprised that Moxie's gone undefeated, but I'm not surprised that he's looking strong. Yeah, no, me either. It's, it's, I don't know what to make of Moxley right now because I thought he was going to be wrestling in AEW, but I'm, and I'm wondering if, if he's doing this well, they're not just going to be like, all right, cool, thanks for stopping by the G1 and dominating the whole B block. Okay, bye, have fun at AEW. There's got to be more here if they're going to put this much rub on somebody in the biggest tournament of the year. So, so am I reading too much into this that AEW and New Japan might be in cahoots and are sharing stars and doing that kind of stuff going forward? Have they got that arrow in their quiver that they're going to be able to take advantage of, of the New Japan platform? No, AEW is very chilly with uh, New Japan, or rather, other way around. New Japan is very chilly with AEW right now from all reports. Okay. Well, so. All right, okay. I, none of that makes any sense to me. 
Will, thank so. you very much for the question. Next up, Jacob, uh, are you okay with Adam Cole picking just a regular wrestling match as his stipulation, and what do you think Regal will choose? Yes, I'm totally okay with it. As I said earlier, I, I was like, what? Initially, and then I thought about it a little more. I went, ah, I see what sneaky little clever, clever girl. I see what he's up to. So I expect something shenaniganry to cut to ensue during his, after Johnny pins him during the street fight or getting his back, whatever. Yep. I, yeah, I kind of feel like, um, I, I almost wish it was a submission match. So it was just more about technical wrestling, but I'm fine with it. It's a little underwhelming to just hear it, but I think it, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And also, like I said, with, with his character, he's beaten. He's proven he can beat Johnny in a straight-up wrestling match. So to him, in his mind, he's like, I can beat you, and I want to prove that I can beat you in a straight-up wrestling match. So, yeah, yeah makes sense. Um, he said, what did, what, did, what did we think Regal was going to pick? Yeah, what do you think Regal's third stipulation is going to be? Hell in a cell! In, in the middle of a match? They're going to sure. stop everything and lower a cell? I just have a cell hanging there. Just for no, no reason. They're, they're not even going to announce it yet. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have. I, maybe maybe that's when the submission match is. You know, maybe maybe that's a submission match at the end. Like the, the loser has to submit, and that's that's the story. Is that that you have to give up to the other person hmm. for this to be over? Maybe that's the story, and I think that would be a good one. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Jacob, for the question. Uh, next up, Brad. Could, you, could something bigger be brewing for Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend as he is being shown at the end of SummerSlam commercials in a little blip? I was going to bring this up myself earlier, but we got past it. There's little ads that are running and, you know, just saying this year at SummerSlam, shot quick frame of The Fiend. I don't think a bigger. I think that, the, you know, he's going to squash Finn, look really strong. Um, and then just terrorize everyone moving forward. He might, you know, insert himself into somewhere else and uh, cause havoc, maybe. But I think it could be just as simple as, you know, it's, it's a big new gimmick that they have. He's going to squash Finn, freak everybody out who's not expecting that. And then going forward, he's going to be a big presence on, on Raw. Yeah. Or SmackDown or wherever he's at. Oh, brand split. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right. Is it the doesn't. point. Brad, thank you very much for the question, and thank you all for your questions this week uh, in the Patreon listener questions. If you'd yes, like to get indeed. yours in every week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers, and you can get yours in. But, Ian, we're not done yet. We're getting real close to the end here. we got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, okay. Beep, 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 beep. Here we go. Well, right off the top, uh, AEW News kind of Pac. Remember, we, he, had to, he couldn't show up? At double or nothing because he was still the Dragon Gate champion and didn't want to didn't want to lose. Well, he lost his Dragon Gate belt finally to Ben K. So uh, now Pac's free to do what he wants in AEW. They said that he's still involved. So yeah, Pac to AEW again. <laughs> you heard it here, 18th or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so Pac probably I I wouldn't be surprised if he got involved somehow uh, in All Out and you saw him run like do a run in or something. Sure. Or to show the aftermatch beatdown, probably. Uh, NWA is officially trying to split with Ring of Honor. They're running like rats on a sinking ship with Ring of Honor. NWA is heading off in its own direction. Uh, rumor is it wants to get its own TV show. So there may be another wrestling TV show to watch on a regular basis. Good Lord. Good Lord. Damn it, Billy. Damn it, Billy. I can't take um, anymore. My my eye holes don't have any more room for wrestling. Uh, killing me, Billy. 
Uh, you put on a good show, though. Yes. Jimmy Uso. <laughs> Jimmy Uso. We mentioned this earlier. Jimmy Uso was arrested again. Again for DUI. Jimmy. Stop. Jimmy. Dude, Jimmy. take a friggin' Uber. Stop. It's Stop, $5. Jimmy. He's, he's had like, he's, and this is, this is a, with Jimmy, it's a regular thing. Uh, he was, let's see, he was arrested for criminal mischief and aggravated battery in 2006. 2008 was, uh, was a, I think they called it a phrase and right. He basically got into, you know, public scuffle in 2008. Uh, 2011 was his first DUI. 2013 was his second DUI. Earlier this year, uh, Naomi was driving. Good job, buddy. Good job. Get your wife to drive when you're drunk. She was driving, but uh, they got pulled over. And he squared up to the took a shirt off, squared up to the cops, was released, and then now again, third DUI. Stop hanging out with Jeff Hardy. Is all I gotta say. Exactly. Stop hanging out with Jeff Hardy. So yeah, Jimmy Uso in trouble again. Still in jail, as far as we know. Has not posted bail yet. But uh, WWE says once again, it's uh, it's Jimmy Uso's life. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. Uh, let's see. NXT. We already talked about them going on FS1 against AEW. So I need to read that. We had, we talked about that a lot. Uh, so CM Punk, CM Punk has texted out or he, in an interview, in an interview, he, excuse me, in an interview, he said, uh, if AEW wants to do business with me, with me, they can call me. They can come talk to me. Uh, texting offers isn't really a good way to do business. Uh, apparently there are some people over AEW who kind of went, uh, what? (laughs) Including hangman page who already tweeted out, hey, Nick Jackson, your idea for my BTE bit was good, but if somebody wants to do business with me, they can come talk to me. Texting offers isn't really a good way to do business, at least. <laughs> I didn't know where that was coming from. Work or building? I mean, are we are we building a, a, a upcoming feud with CM Punk? Uh, it would not or surprise just- me if C- just to stick it to Vince McMahon if, if, if CM Punk showed up on AEW. I, it would not I surprise see- me in the least. He's, he'll he'll be there in a mask at like one quick thing if at all I don't think he's gonna go there but, but that being said if this is a shoot if this is if this is like really they're making fun of him this tweet's gonna make CM Punk mad for years he's just gonna be salty in his room and just mad about it for years and years yelling and years. about hockey Matt Riddle will be at Evolve 133 and 134 in Livonia Michigan and Chicago Illinois respectively facing off against at 133 Josh Briggs and on 134 he'll be teaming up with Kurt Stallion uh, versus A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff for the tag titles, Evolve Evolve tag belt. So if you're a fan of Evolve, more Matt Riddle is coming your way. The Briscoes won the Ring of Honor tag team titles back at this weekend's Manhattan Mayhem, beat Gorillas of Destiny to do so. So congratulations to the Briscoes for finally shutting Tamatanga's big mouth. Yes. Speaking of Ring of Honor, they have concluded their quote-unquote investigation of the fan incident with Bully Ray from earlier this year. Uh, you may recall that a fan was heckling some of the wrestlers who he later said were, were spitting at him, and then he was called to the back and Bully Ray told him to knock it off and intimidated him, supposedly. The, uh, the statement that Ring of Honor released said, we have now concluded our internal investigation into the events that occurred in Portland on June 2nd and have taken appropriate actions with all parties involved. Our code of honor, which calls for sportsmanship, respect, and honor in and outside of the ring, is a core value of this company and one we will continue to strive to uphold. To all of our loyal and dedicated fans, we apologize for the incident that transpired and we encourage all of our fans to continue attending our events. Furthermore, we promise to continue delivering the best wrestling and the best live experience on the planet. In adherence to the Ring of Honor policy, we will not comment further on these matters. 
Oh, Ring of Honor. Mm. Oh, Ring of Honor. Mm. Corporate speak yeah. is thy name. That's how you write a press release, folks. <laughs> Man. Uh, and the fan who was actually involved, uh, his name was Josh Ketch, tweeted back, shrugs forever. Right. And retweeted that. So good job, Ring of Honor. Way to, way to uh, counter the fan sentiment. Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc will be a match at All Out in what Nick and I have come to start calling the Someone May Die match. Yes. Those three in a match. The second that it becomes a hardcore match, someone's going to die. Uh, speaking of people being added to matches, Battle, uh, Battle of Los Angeles is happening in September, and Brody King, our boy Brody King, will be one of the participants. You may have been watching Dark Side of the Ring on Viceland. It's been awesome. I highly recommend it. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's great. They got renewed. Season 2, 10 hour-long episodes will be coming. More Dark Side of the Ring. It's the, the one on Bruiser Brody is just is fantastic. Speaking of things uh, getting made, good. can I also throw a shout-out to uh, Ryan Nemeth, who was a, our, our first and so far only interview guest here on the Busted Wide Open podcast. He fully funded... His movie project. Did he get it? Heel. Oh, dude! Congratulations, it is, brother! It is now officially in production. They are making the movie. Good Heel. job! And it's job. you know, if you listen to the interview, you heard that it was going to be about uh, sexual harassment and sexual abuse and yeah. things like that that go on behind the scenes in the industry. So very, very proud to say that we got to uh, help promote him and help get the show uh, made. And just all credit and all uh, all hope and and just go get it, Ryan. Thank you so much yeah. for giving us your time. Amen. Amen. Uh, speaking of friends of the show, Josh Barnett. I'm trying to I'm trying to hook him up for an interview here. We're working on it. He's a busy man. Busy because he's facing John Moxley at Bloodsport 2. What? He's facing last time was Minoru Suzuki. Now it's John Moxley. Good God. Josh Barnett is hitting it out of the park. Hitting it out of the park. Way to go, buddy. I cannot wait to watch that match. It should be awesome. Uh, and then finally, bar wrestling, LA's own bar wrestling on uh, the first of August. No bar wrestling. No. Uh, It's going to be Brian Cage and Scott Steiner versus Joey Ryan and Orange Cassidy. Oh, God. I'm going to take a pause, and I want you to imagine what that match is going to be. It's like two giant (laughs) dudes and two little dudes. That's that's (laughs) hilarious. Two swole-ass guys versus Dick Flip and Orange Cassidy, who can't be bothered to wrestle. This is that's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining. See, I want to see Brian Cage and Scott Steiner get dick flipped. I, that, I that I'd pay to see that. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, actually, right before we finish up this, uh, speaking that we're mentioning uh, PWG, looks like in the chat, Esmeralda, Esmeralda Soto says she's going to her first PWG event tomorrow. Sixteen. Yes. 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 I unfortunately am not able to make it to that one, but that card looks absolutely amazing. Have a fun time. Have an amazing time. It's gonna be a great show. It's like it's like ninety percent AEW guys there uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. It's awesome. So it, w- it should be a great show. And so are they venue, still doing so. those at the Globe? They are indeed. Nice. They are indeed. Nice. Yep. You'll get to see Excalibur, the new ring an- or the uh, commentary guy for a- you said ninety percent AEW guys. Also They're, including yeah. Excalibur. <laughs> they all came through there. They're nice. all there. Yep. Yep. 
Well, so. guys, there you go. Thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous, for the rundown of the other news. And that is our show, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in right here on YouTube. The chat has been lively today. We've uh, mm. It's been actually a little difficult to keep up with it. I keep having to scroll back up and look at it. But thank you guys for tuning in. And I promise you want to be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group because uh, things are a-changing. And we got some big changes coming to the show. I did a little video today where you can go watch that. It's about 15 minutes. Uh, go over some of those because the landscape of everything is getting ready to change in about 60 days. Uh, with, and the big trigger catalyst of all of this is SmackDown moving to Fridays. So we're having to morph the show a little bit as well. But the good news yeah. is we're bringing you more content two times a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. we got a lot of good stuff planned. By the way, I, to close out the show, for those that are still sticking around, I have a surprise for you. <clears throat> oh, Sir Ian Dangerous and I did a little bit of a offline we, we talk, talk shop, talk business. We had to do a little business meeting this past weekend. And he stuck his big old foot in his mouth. And he sa- I told him, I think we can get to 1,000 subscribers by the time Fox airs SmackDown Live on Fridays on October 4th. <sighs> he yeah, told you did. me. You did. He told me, he countered me and said, there's no way in hell that happens. Hmm. I didn't see it. For those that have been around the show long enough, does that sound familiar to something that's happened before? So here's what we're going to do. Sir Ian Dangerous, if we get 1,000 subscribers by October 4th, you have agreed to sing Tai Chi's theme song in Japanese at karaoke, have it filmed and put on YouTube. Yes. I there you go, folks. And I tell you what, I even doubled down on him. Here, this is, I'm looking right into the camera for those of you watching. If we get it done by the end of August, if we get there by September 1st, mm. not a only thousand those, you, a thousand YouTube subscribers. A thousand YouTube subscribers is the goal here. It's, uh-huh. it, that's where we're going. If we can get there, not only will he do it if we get there by October 4th, if we get it done even sooner by September 1st, not only will he sing Tai Chi's entrance song in Japanese at karaoke, oh, God. Nick will, in addition, sing Nia Jax's theme song at karaoke there and we record go. Now it we're and talking. put it up. Now we're talking. Doubling now down. Now we're talking. Doubling, Doubling down because yeah. I believe in all of you. I know so, we can get it done. Let me, let, me, let me clarify. As end of August, so September 1st, if, if at midnight, October 31st, September 1st, if we have 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, you sing Nia Jax's theme song and I, I sing Tai Chi's theme song? Yes. Okay. But if, they, if we don't get it until October, what, 2nd? 4th, I think. 2nd is AEW, 4th is SmackDown. Okay. Full, let's make sure about this. Yeah. Fourth. I said, I said, I said when I said, SmackDown said airs fourth. on Fox. Right. Okay. Then I have to sing Tai Chi's theme song. You have to sing Tai Chi's theme song. You can do it. You can do it, uh, listeners. You got to help us, though. Those, all of you listening, there's thousands of you that listen to this show. Come subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you get, oh my God, some of the funniest content you might have might ever see. I uh, funny for everyone else. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I'm going to be over the because I know what it will do for this show for us to hit that thousand member mark. Because I know what it will do for the show, I will. Okay, happily is the wrong word, but I will sing Tai Chi's theme song with gratitude in my heart. Uh, I will. But if we don't make it, and I don't have to sing Tai Chi's theme song, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be a bit relieved because yep. this, this sounds like, I can't believe I said this. Yep. I can't believe you, not only did I say this, but then you put me to the fire and said, 
Say it on the show, dude. Say it. Come on back. Uh, if I had a right. mic, well, anyway. I would drop it. But there you go. There's a pin. Close enough. Yeah. Guys, the gauntlet thrown down. Deliver. Make it happen because I want to see this too. And I think we, I think you guys can do it by the end of August. I think I've you can do it by September first. People 1st. in the chat talking about buying tickets to California to come see this when it happens. No. There you go. There you go. Bring it. Just, oh my God! Just what have I done? Bring it. All Let's right. go, guys. Thousand subscribers. Thousand subscribers. Thousand subscribers. It's not by, happening without that. It's by not September first for both of us, or October fourth for just oh, Sir Ian Dangerous. God Get it done. Damn it! There you go, guys. All right. Uh, to finish thing up, you can also follow us over on Twitter God. and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube, where you want to subscribe at youtube.com slash busted wide open so you can see all of that magic happen. Everybody, everyone subscribe October 5th. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sorry. Right, everybody right. No, we want to get them. Everybody watching the video this. can see at the bottom left of the screen right there. There's our goal. We have 70 days as of today till October 4th to get to 1,000. We're currently at 210, one-fifth of the way there. We're already 20% there. We got 60 days, more than 60 days. September 1st. You're going going down with me, September 1st. Hey, you know what? Gauntlet thrown down. If they pick it up and they make it happen, do it. Let's go. I'm down. (sighs) Last but certainly not least, to help you guys get there, we're going to begin doing monthly giveaways. All right, starting on August 1st next week. Uh, through a service called Gleam. It's going to be a merch grab bag, a couple of T-shirts, a little chub cup, and uh, some stickers every month, about 50 to $60 worth of merch every month. And all you have to do is be following us and subscribe to the YouTube channel across all our socials. You guys will hear more about that in the group. We'll tweet it out at the giveaway. You'll, I promise you'll hear about it if you follow us anywhere on the show. But to get a head start, you can go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and make sure you like our Facebook page. There you go. You'll be automatically Boom. entered into a free monthly merch grab bag. Ta-da! That's how easy it'll be. So that's one way that we're going to quickly get to 1,000 subscribers so that Sir Ian Dangerous has to sing Tai Chi's theme song uh, in Japanese in front of a bu- bar full of patrons. Dude, it's, it's getting worse and worse. Night. <laughs> Oh, but that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love that we dropped that bombshell on you right at the end. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.